0: Could not be more pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Matt Damon. Are you one of those Patriot fans that takes glee in the Jets and the butt fumbling? Scene? I made the Liberace movie this year, so that's <laughs> fine. Well, there's some butt that. fumbling in that movie, uh, too. Just a wee little <laughs> bit. Larry David, good to see
1: you, sir.
2: I think a lot of writers can be offensive coordinators.
3: What's harder?
2: If
1: I could write stories, why would I be able to draw up a play?
0: He is none other than Broadway Joe Namath.
1: If Mark word to get
0: the nod and if he played decently if uh if what a big word with only two letters
4: huh <laughs> bobby kind told you about Derek jeter story at yankees atlanta the world series
5: screaming screaming screaming
4: nothing 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 he doesn't even look at me finally last at bat eighth <laughs> inning yeah. jeter comes up Derek,
1: just turn <laughs> around man just turn around
4: Finally, he's like, dumb, he does the thing with the weight, he's about to go up, he turns around, he looks at me, he goes, bro, I hear you.
3: (laughs) Hello,
1: everyone,
0: and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen.
1: I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your
0: host, Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We are in April of 2014, the first podcast of April. uh, First week of. Uh, One month from uh, now, we will be on the eve, the cusp of draft night 2014. The one in which Jadavian Clowney may go number one overall to the Houston Texans. As he said at his pro day this past week, that he should go. That he should be the number one overall pick. That's the sort of talk I want to hear out of Jadavian Clowney. Not like uh, anybody else really cares about it, but that's the sort of thing that I want to hear from him. I want a little bit of that quarterback hunter in him on his sleeve a little bit. Good to see you, Chris Law.
6: Good to see you, Rich. Welcome back from vacation.
0: Chris Brockman here in the flesh as well.
6: Great to have the
2: band back together. We got a good show. We do.
0: Two in-studio guests I'm excited about. Adam Carolla will be here in studios. Uh, Fans of this podcast, regular listeners of this show know... He has been uh, advocating for the raising, the extension of the uprights on the goalposts in the National Football League. Because as he says, how in the world can two 65-year-old men with cataracts cataracts standing underneath the uprights just look up as the ball sails past them and know whether it's really gone over the top of an upright, to the left, or the right of an upright, when it's so close and the ball is so high up in the air as these sure-footed kickers are becoming a little bit more strong-legged each and every year. Why not raise the uprights?
2: Be honest. When you heard that rule passed, wasn't Corolla the first thing you thought of?
0: Well, when I heard it was being presented, that it was even up for discussion.
6: No, was there I some of was there some misunderstanding because I misunderstood. I think I thought they wanted to raise the crossbar three or five right. feet. Did you guys hear? I that? I thought
0: that too, but then when I heard that they were banning the dunking of the of the goal of the ball over the uprights for, uh, go crossbar, they did that the day before. Or at least Dean Blandino let that cat out of the bag the right. day before when he went on DP show. Um, but didn't to big- me that just shows you again? Sometimes the NFL just does not care. If it's going to get slings and arrows sent its way, they should yeah. have just waited to the next day and say, listen, in addition to raising the uprights, we're now banning the dunking of the ball over the crossbar because you saw what Jimmy Graham did with these uprights now being five feet taller. If it, it, it might be more top heavy of a of a construct and thus easier to rip down with one paw of the hand.
6: We put a man on the moon, Rich. We could keep that sucker up. Somehow.
0: Uh, maybe so. I don't know. But it would, have, it would have prevented the whole no fun league, slings yeah. and arrows, as you accuse me of I'm indifferent when to i what I get right? off my he, lawn mentality. He, he, well. But at any rate, Adam Carolla is going to be here in the flesh. Nice. And we are going to celebrate with him the it's, passage it's a big of this moment. rule. Big moment for him. It is a big moment for him. And we're going to try and have a Patriot Luminary call in. We're going to try. We can't promise. You don't know. But we're going to try and have a patriot luminary call in somebody that may or may not out. have
6: been influential. Correct.
0: This person, this person definitely was influential. Just,
6: just a slight bit.
0: If he calls in, yeah. we're hoping. We're, you know, as you know, trains sometimes don't run on time and schedules change. We're going to try and make this happen.
2: Fingers crossed.
0: Keep an ear out when Corolla comes on the program, and then Ivan Reitman. Speaking of Draft Day, the director of the movie Draft Day that's coming out on April 11th. He is on the show in studio as well. He's the director of that movie. His latest in, I mean, you look at his filmography.
2: It's it's amazing. It's of so a good. producer and a director. Yeah, you got to look yeah. at the producer because yeah, he absolutely.
0: produced Animal House. He didn't direct it. He directed three in a row. Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters. Okay. Doesn't Murders. get much better like than that. Then he did all those movies with Schwarzenegger, right? Yep.
6: Yep, he's done those. He did Howard Stern's Private Parts. As a producer. As a producer. His son. Well, look at what his son's done, too, and what he's passed on through yeah, that.
0: up in the air. His son up directed in air, up in the air. know? yeah. Um, Jason Reitman. Yeah. So Ivan Reitman is going to be here, and we'll talk about the Can't movie Draft Day, which I saw on Monday of this week. And it's, it's really good.
2: Yeah, I went to the NFL screening that they had a couple weeks ago. I it missed is. it. I'm seeing it early next week. It is so good. It's so good. It
0: is. It's got a great... M- f- center to well, it. I'm There's glad a you, heartbeat. I'm to glad the movie. you guys say that.
6: Absolutely. When you know something and you see well, a film look, I'm gonna, it is tough.
0: There are there are constructs of the film that you have to, knowing what we know about draft day and the process that general managers and war rooms go through, you have to suspend your disbelief a small slight bit. Sure. Okay. Because there are <laughs> trades or trades discussed or that are pulled off in this movie that you would think would never be able to go uh, without having already watched the film thoroughly on the player that they're going to acquire. Just put it that way. Okay. When you see that. That's fair. Right?
2: Yeah, that's fair. But
0: everything, even with that, totally believable scenarios.
2: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. get, get past that and it's just... It's
0: totally believable it's really, fun.
2: it's really fun. And
0: seeing Kevin Costner in a sports movie. He's coming on next week.
6: Yeah, he'll be in uh, studio. Next week. week. Yep.
0: And I mean him back in a sports movie about the NFL, man. And Dennis Leary's the coach. Jennifer yep. Garner's the capologist. But uh, Ellen Burstyn plays, you know, um, uh, Kevin Costner's mother. Yep. Sam Elliott plays the coach the of the University coach. of Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, yep. uh, Frank Langella plays the owner of the Browns. I'm in a scene with Frank Langella. Skeletor, dude. Come on, Law. Really? Masters
6: of the Universe. Childhood.
0: So, this is what we're gonna have on the show: um, the NFL news to discuss the Clowney Pro Day. Again, I don't, I don't know. Um, he looked good. He looked good. What to make of Pro Days anymore? Well, the Browns, the Browns didn't even send representatives to to the uh, Clowney or Manziel Pro Days, but they're gonna have Manziel in for a private workout and Clowney for a private workout right. as well. It's not like they're ignoring the guys. They
2: already worked out Blake Bortles this it, week.
0: But it's just like, we have we reached the point where working out at the Combine and your pro day is unnecessary? Have we reached that point?
2: Well, it's just funny to me that people think it matters more than the, the 20, 30, 40 games of college that you have on tape.
6: Here's the deal. If, if Jamarcus Russell had a pro day tomorrow, he might be number one on everyone's board. I mean, it, it it's unreal that well, if
2: you go back that if you go back that far, he May- had a great pro yeah, day. Yeah, Mayak once said it was the greatest pro he a, day he's ever a seen. A Phenomenal
6: pro day. He also his bowl game against Notre Dame also elevated his stock tremendously that year. You just
0: don't know. The, the only if I'm an owner in the NFL. I want to know, is this kid – what's this kid going to be like when the chips are down and adversity hits? Because that's, that's that's what happens.
2: Well, it's funny, and you mentioned that. In draft day, Costner goes around and he asks all these questions, and those are the kind of stories well, that you, you find out. Well, you want to know yeah. that about,
0: and the only way you could do that is to see the tape or have the kid in, in front of you and look him in the eye and kick the tires in that regard. Yep. And so I just don't know if the – Browns are like, okay, we've seen him at the combine. We don't need to see him at his pro day. Um. You know, and then the, and then you hear Zimmer, Coach Zimmer, Mike Zimmer of, of the Vikings, saying, calling Manziel's pro day a sideshow,
2: smokescreen, a, a little too Hollywood.
0: No way, it's smokescreen. I think that's just he. He's just an old school, hard nosed guy.
2: Yeah, somebody wrote that column, and I guess it's an interesting. Th- theory if you're really buying into the conspiracy it is tough to like kind of what? dog
6: a guy publicly and then bring him in and be like no you are a guy all along i was well, just, he's just not dogging
0: him he's not. just saying that well
2: he's trying to cool the scent for other people so maybe manziel slips to number eight
0: there's no way he slips to number eight there's no know. chance he slips the number eight he's there's not, no way he he's not, slips not going to number past eight. three rich there's no way he slips that far he's not slipping past
6: could three. he join our other guest on today's show up in uh oakland potentially
0: that's right maurice jones drew is on this program He's calling in in a matter of moments, is he not? He's calling in very shortly. mj freaking d mm.
6: Johnny F-F in I Oakland.
0: think so, but he's got Schaub already up there, and M-J-D said that he's a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback.
6: We'll find out about that.
0: That's what Maurice said on, uh, on Wednesday. Well,
6: McGloin would beat them all out, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, you're Penn State guy, uh, huh? On. Yes. Sandusky's wife has to stop oh, geez, talking, come by on. the way. Come on.
6: I'm, I'm, I'm potting down my mic for the, the, this now. If We're going to go down that route
0: She's got to stop talking. Rich. Somebody's got to get to her and tell her. I haven't read
6: talking. a single article on it.
2: I've got to catch you uh, The bigger right. issue is this, Rich. Have you recovered from Michigan's devastating loss in the Olympics?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, it's just the second straight year that we played a monumental what a game. basketball game that the whole country was tuned into and enjoying haymakers being thrown left and right. and Fantastic. We, got, we got beat by an incredible shot. Imagine
6: what Trey Burke Kit and uh, made a great shot. Hardaway Jr. could have done.
0: Yeah, well, McGarry who's sitting there in his in his in his now uh, uniform, yeah. or at least he was last week without playing. But at any rate, I, I I I I wish they would still be playing, but it was great, and I'm still able to troll Albert Breer. Well, to a on bigger Twitter. bigger
2: point, Rich, Michigan basketball is back.
0: Which yes, it's back. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. Excited about that. Um, and what else? Deshaun Jackson's a Redskin.
2: Desha-
6: yeah. yeah.
0: How about that. And all that stuff about gang ties and and what you know. Well, Richard Sherman what had a believed. lot to say about that. I this know week. he did.
6: I I kind of and look. Not, I don't think any of us truly know, but it, it, the Eagles by not saying anything when those reports kind of surfaced from NJ. dot com, um, it made them look good to their fan base for saying uh, an understanding of why you would let this guy go. But if you really didn't have that, those kind of facts or anything to back it up. Look, I'm an Eagles fan. Goes, no, I think it's the wrong way to treat a player and the wrong way to do it. Now, if there's some validity to it that we don't know yet, you would have think the Redskins would have vetted that. But um, it's, I don't know, it's a little JV of me. If it's just a money issue and you don't want to pay the guy for the contract you signed him to and you're releasing him and then to let the allegations of gang affiliations to a guy that, look, I, I watched that documentary he was in. He, he, he had, he, people were saying, well, if the Chiefs aren't going to take him and Andy Reid drafted him, then you know that he's trouble and he has problems. Well, when Andy Reid drafted him, he got on the phone and said, started talking to him about his father and saying, I don't want your father or any of the distractions. So that relationship was severed from day one. So it's not like he's going to go to Kansas City and sign with Reid and it'll all be good. But, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I side on the, uh, the player in the in this instance, unless there's something there.
0: Well, certainly the Redskins have the resources to find out if there's anything there and uh, they went ahead and they they signed him to a twenty four million dollar contract over three years and sticking him out there beyond the numbers with the uh, with the numbers that he's put up, the most what touchdowns of 30 or more yards of uh, anyone in the league since he's come in the league. Coming getting, off a
2: career year, no, catches Redskins, yards.
6: Did you work on Total Access yesterday? Uh, on Monday. They did a mind-blowing stat, I think. Uh, the Redskins under Snyder, I think, have signed 29 like high, high-priced high free agents. One has made the Pro Bowl, and that was uh, Hall, D'Angelo Hall, in 2011. Well,
0: I don't know if D- D- Deshaun's going to make the, the Pro Bowl, but um, receptions, you know, he does have yards. two games against Philadelphia, which means um, he's yeah, going to have some motivation in that regard.
2: do you kind of see this as a as a big moment for Robert Griffin next year with all these weapons? Well, I know is that
0: thankfully he's healthy for this part of the uh, of the of the season because that was the plan. (laughs) That was was the best
6: part of free agent frenzy when you went on that.
0: (laughs) That was the plan was to make sure that he's healthy right now. That's why they sat him for the last three games last year. Wasn't any other reason. Right. I mean, that's what I I believe what I hear from podiums in the NFL was like, you got to keep him healthy for this part. And right now. He is healthy to go work out on his own with Deshaun Jackson, and that is going to help the Redskins because he's healthy right now.
6: And Jay Gruden.
0: Yeah, he's healthy. So that's all I know right now is he's healthy, and Deshaun Jackson's there with Pierre Garçon. That's pretty damn good uh, units to have at your disposal.
6: Jordan Reed coming back off a big year.
0: And uh, the butler in the backfield. They're set. I mean, Gruden's got some toys to play with. So, And the Redskin Eagles games – our must-see television. Um, so that's interesting. In that regard, um, so those are those are sort of, those are the things going on in the National Football League where it's uh, just we're let's be honest, we're just counting the days to the draft. We're just trying to get there. I, and I, it's later this year. I, I mean, we wait. would be 3 weeks away normally. Yeah. Instead, we're 5
6: that's I'm the way excited. we're rolling. I'm excited. It's going to great. Uh, for the end of this show, yeah,
0: the housekeeping part of this yes. program, indeed. We have we're going to close the show with opens. Yes, the opens uh, the the old open is still at the top of this
6: and show we'll, and will be next week as well
0: because we have yet to hear what you have chosen. As the 10 best?
6: I've narrowed it down to 10. I might slide an 11th in, and then you guys will then narrow it down to five based off what you And have you folks hear, vote on it. And we'll vote on richisen.nfl.com. Okay. And that new open will be the new open for...
0: Ever. Until <laughs> <laughs> you make another one. Until
6: the start, of the, no, till
0: no, the start no. of the playing season. All right, so there's lots to get to. We've got Adam Carolla in studio. We've got Ivan Reitman, the director of Draft Day, in studio. But let's go to an old friend on the phone. Uh, pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast a longtime friend of the program, but appearing for the very first time as a freshly minted Oakland Raider, Maurice Jones-Drew. How are you, MJD?
7: I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Just uh, heading to work out now.
0: Yeah, with are you going to work out with the uh, Super Bowl ready quarterback Matt Schaub? You going to ready uh, to work out with him, MJD?
7: Matt, Matt Schaub isn't in town just yet. When he gets back, though. You know, we definitely will hit it hard and get ready.
0: You know, you raised an eyebrow or two by saying he was a Super Bowl. You know what cracks me
7: up, though? Rich, And I I want to be completely honest in this situation. Mm -hmm. Matt Schaub, before last year, around this time, everyone said that he was a Super Bowl quarterback. Was was he not?
0: That was – many people did have the Houston Texans as – I'm
7: just just saying. And so I just feel like – you know he had a, he had a down year, which everyone does. Everyone has a down year here too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a down year, but I, you know, after talking with the staff and talking with people about him, I know he's going to bounce back. And you know, I don't know when or what's going on. I just know that he has the ability to lead us there.
0: Now, when you went through the process with Reggie McKenzie and uh, with the rest of the brass in Oakland as you were making your your visits making your rounds did they tell you Shab was the starter did they tell you he was going to compete what did they tell you about his
7: uh you know they status really didn't we didn't really talk about that um what was stated to me was that you know we brought Schaub in uh we know he's a capable quarterback but he's going to I'm assuming he's going to compete with uh, the the young kid from Penn State McGloin Yeah McGloin and then uh same with me I'm going to come in everybody's coming in to compete and uh, he brought in guys uh, like myself, Justin Tuck, Lamar Woodley, Antonio Smith, Carlos Rogers, Terrell Brown, uh, obviously Donald Penn, Austin Howard, guys that come in and compete, compete, and and, and with the, the culture they're they're bringing in is a competing culture with with veterans and young guys, and we we gonna see how it turns out. But I'm very excited about it.
0: Though. Now I I don't know if you were doing that to mess with me because you know I'm a Michigan man. You left out a future Hall of Famer. Perhaps the best two-way player in the history of Michigan football, He, he was Rixon. already
7: there. He was, I mean, he was there and just re-signed. I, I, I oh, was okay. I'm more free agent. You know, I, I try not to uh, – that, 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 that further lets me know that you're a Raiders fan, though, now. So now you <laughs> can come. I'm going to get you a season ticket in the black hole, Okay. And you could be the new Al Davis.
0: Because because I'm a Jewish guy from Brooklyn? Is that what it is? Yeah. In I, that way,
7: I guess so. <laughs> I'm assuming. I, I don't know Al Davis' uh, background. No, he was. You guys are born guys in Brooklyn. Right there.
0: born in Brooklyn, and I have a just win baby mentality as well. I have this. I'm. This I'm I like
7: this year.
0: I'm committed to. Well, you know, I'm committed to excellence. You know that.
7: I know you are.
0: I mean, I know you, you know that to begin with. So I, I'm excited, but I'm excited for you because this is your this is your hometown. I mean, you're born. Speaking of being born in a place, you were born in Oakland. Yeah, born
7: right?
0: in Oakland. So, did yeah. you grow up a Raiders fan,
7: Maurice? Grew up a diehard Raiders fan. How awesome is this? Uh, my my senior year, Rich Gannon. It took the Raiders to the Super Bowl in San Diego. I mean, it was uh, it was it was some good times. Obviously, you know, things haven't been going that way, but I feel like the organization is going in the right direction. What's up with the moves that have been made and the, and the players they have there now and. Uh, like I said, we just you know we're talking with some of the guys. The guys just can't wait to get back and play and compete, and that's all you really want at the end of the day. You know, we were going in, we're going into a tough AFC West division, but uh, I think with some of these moves we've made, we you know on paper it looks the right way, but we can we can fix that by working hard and getting the camaraderie and the chemistry together, and, and turn this thing around. I didn't even say we have James Jones, another Bay Area guy. That's,
0: that's correct. He's I mean, he's good. He's a good player, man you right. I'm
7: just, I'm, i but it's so funny that I, I say that, it, it's crazy how people can jump on and off the bandwagon <laughs> in, in one year. You know, uh, I remember before the Super Bowl, there's no way the Seahawks are going to beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Russell Wilson, it's, it's too big for them. And you know, now it's Russell Wilson's the best quarterback ever.
0: Yeah, well, you know yeah. us in the paparazzi, we're knee-jerk.
7: Yeah, you know how it is. And so I, I mean, I, I definitely after seeing Matt Schaub. Uh, for eight years, the way he competes, the way he plays, the way he, you know, when he had so much pressure on him from Houston to win that first playoff game, and performed at such a high level that year when they beat Cincinnati at home. I mean, that was, you know, that's the guy that I know, and obviously, you know, we all like to most of us last year didn't have the best year, but I know he's ready to bounce back and make plays, and... and I'm just excited to work with them. Well, it's
0: funny, as you mentioned also at the NFL, how things change so quickly. The last time I saw you was after you had a stellar performance on Thursday Night Football beating Houston, which turned to Matt Schaub in that game. And now here you are just a few months later, teammates in Oakland. And when you came on to our set after that game, we asked you about your future in Jacksonville, and you seemed pretty positive about it. You seemed very optimistic Uh, and heard similar or expressed that you had heard uh, similarly from Brass in Jacksonville. I guess, for the lack of a better question, what did happen eventually?
7: Really, I I do not know. Um, I just think they wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, Obviously, there's no ties to me there. No one drafted me. Um, And so, yeah, I understand the business. I understand that I didn't have my best year. They probably thought I was done playing ball like most teams did in the NFL. And, you know, they wanted to kind of go in a different direction, which to me is perfectly fine. I get an opportunity here with the Oakland Raiders. They can give me a chance to compete. And that's all I asked at the end of the day. And they were, they were the only team that was going to give me a chance to do that. So, uh, with that being said, I appreciate, you know, everything that I've had and done with the Jaguars and, and the organization. But now playing with the Raiders organization, you know, it's, it's new and, that, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to show how much I have left.
0: Yeah, is most of your family here on the left coast still?
7: Everybody. No that, kidding. And that was other thing. I mean, I was 3,000 miles away from my grandmother. I get to, you know, even though only in for two weeks a year I get to eat that gumbo that she'll make. <laughs> uh, just because I'm on a strict regimen right now. I have a chef, so.
3: Oh, I make really? Sure
7: I do all the proper things so I can play at a high level. Uh but I will get that home cooking Thanksgiving. I'll get it one one good time, you know. Christmas will get it. Yeah. I might be able to send you a plate or something. Some, please. some hog mugs, some collard greens,
3: oh,
0: black eyed
7: yeah. peas.
0: Uh, you please, know. absolutely. I'm all over that. I'm a soul food guy.
7: I am. Are you? Oh yes,
0: absolutely. Oh, you didn't you didn't well, know that we, about me, did you?
7: I didn't. Well, look the things you find out on the rich side podcast
0: phenomenal <laughs> how many children do you have you've got 3 right or
7: i have 3 three crazies
0: but they're three all ridic- like me ridiculously young correct
7: oh how- yeah 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 what are Five, they well my oldest one turns 6 here in a couple months my daughter just turned 4 and mm. my youngest son turns 3 in, in about i want to say 16 oh, days my so my
0: lord I'm going babies. I'm going crazy, MJD. I've got a I've got a, one my my oldest is turning 6 in 3 months or 5 months, pardon me, 5 months. Uh I've got one that just turned 3 and 7 months old. And I'm just I, I, I do you how do you sleep at night? How do you how do you get uh, your rest? Well,
7: similar to the NFL, I have a contract uh, mm-hmm. with my wife. And so the contract states during <laughs> training and yes. football hours I get to sleep. Okay. And then other hours, you know, I'll, I'll tend to deal with it. But it's it's tough at that stage. I'm not going to lie; it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough. You have to be. You have to have a strong. You have to be strong minded. You have to stand your ground because mm-hmm. sometimes, it, you know, my wife was like, "Can you get him to?" I was like, "Ah, the contract states." hmm In paragraph five, uh, page six, it says.
0: And and I, I know for how
7: to wake him up. <laughs>
0: The fine print. The kids don't usually read the fine print, to be very honest no. with you. you know, that's no, they the, don't. That's the issue when it comes down but, to it.
7: But you know what? Even though it's hard now, once they get potty trained and they're able to talk, that's mm-hmm. when I, I have a ball with them because now I know what they want and I don't have to you know clean up after them anymore. <laughs> that's the best of best.
0: And they can watch Daddy run uh, the football um, on Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays. It's pretty cool that you're able to share that with your kids as well. MJD and now you've got your family out here it's 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 all set up for you to have a a, uh, a Maurice Jones drew good time in in the in the black hole and I know uh, there you you like giving you're a giver and you like giving to the listeners of this podcast you like giving to to me what we all want which is a special shout out once you hit the end zone and oh, yeah. this podcast has a large international following you, as a member of the Oakland Raiders, are playing in Wembley Stadium later on this fall. That's going to happen, Maurice.
7: That shall happen.
0: I want to come up with a special touchdown celebration for, for the international listeners and for the Brits in the U.K.
7: Just throwing that out that. at you right now. What I, be- will get, I will get together with my people. Okay, and since I'm back home now, it's more face to face. No phone calls, no okay. emails.
0: better communication. And we'll get
7: some. Uh, we'll get something going on. You know, no. obviously, I, I got to get back to that celebrating because that, that was what made football that much better. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, you know, Gronk once did the uh, did did the guards at Buckingham Palace, or but he did I think,
7: he, it. and he, he, that was awesome.
0: He did rec- but he did call them the that those Nutcracker guys, um, which is you know not. <laughs> that there you know the queen's guard are usually don't crack nuts so right. we've got to make sure that you you've got it down right so when you do the dance and you're asked by the the the, the british tabloids and the paparazzi the paps follow you around out there that you're you're taking care of so that's how i i will i i want to work with you on this if that's okay
7: but we can let, let's definitely do that i i'm uh you know, that's why I'm working out today, so I can find that end zone uh, as many times as possible for the Raiders, and that's good. and do as much as I can for you. And thank you. And and obviously, your fans.
0: I appreciate you know, it's
7: that. It's not about me; it's about you.
0: Well, there is an I in uh, Maurice, but there's not one in Jones Drew. So you are a team player when it comes I down try to, to be. it.
7: You're the man. I like how you did that too. Do you like that? Nice. <laughs> I like that one.
0: <laughs> Maurice, I'm so happy for you because I know what it means for you to go home, uh be around your family and uh, play football for the Raiders and be part of something that hopefully for the franchise is going to be a renaissance and turn around. Uh, and so I wish you best of luck in that as always.
7: I appreciate it. And we got to get you out to one of these games. I know I know NFL Network was nothing without you. you oh, know, is that, well, you Started it, at the bottom, you started <laughs> at the bottom and now they're here. And well, it
0: truly was nothing without me, Maurice, because it didn't. Ex- I was there the first day. You know what I mean? I've been here that's, every. That's
7: what, I, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. now you take them to the next level, and <laughs> we, you know, we need to let them let you have a Sunday off or something. Okay. You can come be a special guest of a game.
0: Or maybe you we don't got have to
7: wear a suit and tie. You could wear like some Raiders gear.
0: Hey, we've been to the Black Hole on Thursday night football. You know, we've done that. We've been there. They stick us I in the corner.
7: I don't want you to work. I want you to enjoy. You,
0: you, here's what I'll do is I'll ask for the week off and drive up from L.A. with the Violator, which he does. He drives up to each one of those games from Los Angeles, uh, and I'll, I'll face paint. I'll put on the Mad Max stuff, and I'll do it. That'd I think that would be awesome. Just for you.
7: That would be amazing.
0: Are you wearing 32.
7: Uh, I don't know yet. I haven't even, uh, got a chance to sit down and talk about that yet. Okay. I'll definitely call or text you and let you know, though, what number I do
0: get. You still have the same phone, right? I mean, because you change phones, uh... Like, like underwear. Yes, sir.
7: I have a problem with losing phones. Do it's you really? Just, I have a problem. A, I just lose them. Oh, man. It's crazy. One day they're there, the next day I don't know where it went. <laughs> So uh, I'm assuming my kids get it and they throw it in the toilet, but you know, I don't know.
0: Got to put that in the fine print, Maurice. Put that in the next contract.
7: It, the well, well, the next one I think will be more uh, <laughs> for her and less for me. <laughs> I'm taking more on this front end. On the front end, uh, the is almost
0: up, we'll see how that goes. All right, Maurice. You take care of yourself. We'll speak down the line, okay? All right, Reds, I appreciate it. You bet. That's Maurice Jones-Drew of the Oakland Raiders joining the podcast. I mean, this is one way to build a team in Oakland, is to make your smart signings in free agency for guys who are going to be there long term. And also, if you want to go the free agent route, get some guys who have chips on their shoulders who want to prove that they still have a lot of football left in them. And three off the top of my head are MJD, Woodley, and Tuck.
6: I forgot they got Tuck, too. Okay. And James Jones. Well,
0: James Jones is not like one of those guys, like, I'm going to prove I still have football left in me. Yeah, he's young. He's got some ability, and he's from California, and so he's going home like MJD in that regard. I mean, Woodson is on his fourth year of, I still have football left in me. Mm -hmm. But you put all those together. I just don't know if Schaub is, you know, if you go ahead with third overall and take a quarterback, you're starting him. You're starting him. I don't know if your your boy McLoyne may be third on the depth chart when I don't it's all of a sudden. I don't
6: think he knew his first name either. Yeah, <laughs> I know. JD, he could, could. Well, he may
0: not need to because uh, again, uh, if 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 Manziel is somehow sitting there at three, which is five. possible, Raiders are five. Raiders are five. five. Yeah, Raiders me. are five. Okay. Jags
2: at three.
0: Right. Jags at three. If we, they're going to take somebody at five, they're going
2: to. One of those. One of those three guys is going to be there. At five.
0: Unless somebody trades up with the Rams if Clowney goes first. Right. We're Clowney not... goes first. The Rams will – I think the Rams should use the pick because, you know, there's there's the tackles out there they could use. There's Jake Watkins Matthew that could so be sitting Watkins. there too. You know, I mean, they there are some players that they could plug in and use. This fall.
2: Well, if you're worried about the health of Sam Bradford, certainly taking Jake Matthews would make sense at number two. MJD
6: kept saying uh, when he talked with McKenzie, it was all about compete, compete. We're bringing in guys who want to compete. He he's going to be competing with Darren McFadden for some playing time if McFadden stays, well, he's still in that roster. I mean, I, I, I mean MJD's a, a proven Mc, back in McFadden the league. But... McFadden
0: is 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 the Michael Vick of running backs.
6: Yeah, that's he can't stay healthy. So just Reese, sit though, there, sit at
0: there bank. at your spot on the depth chart. You're going to get your shot is what you've seen out of Darren McFadden, who is very dynamic. And you want to talk about a change of pace back from Darren McFadden. I mean, Morris Jones-Drew is the mother of all uh, change of pace guys, if you want to think about it. He's, I don't even think of him as a change of pace guy. He's the guy. He's a bell cow. He's 29. He's got something to prove. I mean, that's some, that's got some, that's, that team has done some interesting things over the past few weeks.
2: Well, as it's always been for them, since they've went to the Super Bowl with Rich Gannon, who's going to throw the ball? Who's going to lead that team? And those questions are still there. We'll see if Schaub can answer them. I don't know, man.
0: But he makes a good point. This point last year, everyone was like, Schaub could take him to the Super Bowl. But then we saw what Schaub did. Clearly, it was more than just Matt. Matt Schaub is not the the sole reason why the Texans lost their last fourteen games.
6: Schaub's got a little, uh, like a little David Duvall. You know, he just lost his swing and and couldn't get it back, and then it becomes a head game. He's still talented. How
0: he got his groove back—that's what 2014 Raiders <laughs> season hopefully is going to be about. Uh, so that's MJD. Good, good on him. Uh, it's Corolla walking through the door.
6: The Ace Man, oh, man. has come. Ah, uh, Yes.
0: Thrilled to have on uh, the Rich Eisen podcast once again a man who clearly has vision. Yeah. A man who clearly understands what the greatest game that we as Americans can export and enjoy, what, what this game truly needs. Mm. And that is extended goalposts. Mm-hmm. They called him crazy. They called him a
4: dreamer. Well, they they called Galileo crazy. They did do that. But they called Magellan <laughs> crazy. They did. They called Jesus crazy, and I'm not saying I'm above any of those guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm saying we're even. Okay, you know what I mean. You're, I would never put myself
0: You're peer. You're in the same peer group.
4: Same yeah, I'm not going to put it's a it's a Brady Manning thing. But I'm not calling mm-hmm. myself uh, Bradshaw. You know, I'm not saying I have all those rings. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm I'm in that conversation. You, you are in the conversation. You, you can't have a Magellan. Jesus, um, Ga- Galileo, Galileo mm. conversation mm. without Corolla being woven into I, it. I agree. Otherwise, it's not a valid conversation. Good to see you, Adam Corolla. Good to see you, my friend. I, I agreed.
0: It's not otherwise not a valid conversation. And it was what was it? Two years ago? Now was it two years ago? Chris Law? Three. Or was it? Three years it's ago? Been many was, years for me.
6: 2010, it started being brought up. 2011 was when he, we went and kicked the Adam pole with Marshall Holding.
4: That is true. Yeah. There's a history here. There's, There's a, history. a history here. Now, no, I there is. And I'd, I'd like to talk about the kick, but, you know, with the pending lawsuit and everything. <laughs> Everything's up for grabs at this point. I just can't discuss it uh, on air. Well, uh, we will discuss that. I'm scared to tie my shoes. Yeah, I know. I'm scared to stretch in the morning. I'm Every time my children come up behind me, I wince. Yeah. I, and it's... I'm still in a lot of pain.
0: You know, I, I leave my mark frequently in what I do. I didn't mean to do it there. A lot of guys
4: but... have lower back pain. I have... Upper sack, <laughs> and that's because of Rich Eyes. There you go. But again, because of the, not the, only the, the pending suit, I just can't. I
0: that's... understand, and we'll talk about that pending suit because I definitely want to talk about that with you. But but first order of business is the the extended goalposts. Mm-hmm. You you said that they should just go to Home Depot and just slap some some extra plastic on top. They're not going to do that. They're going to actually put goalposts five feet up higher. No,
4: I said. Thin wall, 5-inch mm-hmm. circumference steel mm-hmm. or wide steel, just literally 5 feet. I was saying 5 feet, 6 feet. Mm-hmm. You know, t- I, it wouldn't take 30 feet, just 5 or 6 feet. Right. And just a scissor lift and a welder and just literally extend it. Now, I'm sure they'll just replace the whole pole. Yes, they are. But either way, extend it. What we didn't get into, I don't believe, is it all started in 1986, 87 with the drive. What people don't realize is Rich Carlos for the Denver Broncos kicked that oh, that was an overtime win right. for mm-hmm. Denver. People just went, "Oh, that drive went down and beat the Browns and won the yeah, game." The
0: same way that the the uh, Bill Buckner play won the World Series for the Mets. That right, no, right. was just a game six. There was actually more to come. Right. After well, that the more to come. Thanks you, for bringing that up. Yeah, you if you right
4: guys right. want to take a look at that, 1986, Rich Carlos kicked an OT field goal that won it for Denver but that ball went right over the top of the upright. Now that was a full 30 years ago or 28 years ago Mm -hmm. and it was driving me nuts. It happened on Monday night last year. It happened on a Sunday night game. It, It happened all it was driving me insane that it was so insanely obvious and the other part that drove me insane is every time I would bring it up someone would pause and go what if they used lasers and then put a beacon in the ball and I was like or they could extend the pole. <laughs> right. And then exactly. they, would, they would pause and go, What if they capped it and put one over the top and then put a center one down them? And I went, Or they could extend the pole. I couldn't figure it out. Finally, my dreams have been answered.
0: Yes, your dreams have been answered. And, and interestingly enough, you know, uh, you're lockstep with Bill Belichick because he had the same issues, clearly.
4: Well, if and- you see the Ravens game where, I don't know, game number two of the season or whatever it is. Well, it was,
0: it was it was not this past season. It was the year before. Oh, the year That's before, right. But, but
4: either way, where he's grabbing the guy's arm as they run off yeah. the field. By the way, uh, young folks that are looking to get into coaching who are thinking about accosting officials as they're running for the tunnel, hmm. it, never in the history of the game has the accosted official turned back around run up to the 50-yard line and waved off the field goal. <laughs> no. It's never happened. So it's not, no. you, uh, All you're going to get is fined. And you, there's zero upside with, a, yeah. you know, it's right up there with uh, messing with a cop's horse. It's just, <laughs> there's, it's never worked. There's I, no upside with a huge potential downside. Right.
0: And so um, they went to the owner's meeting this year. And threw that out there. And I thought of you immediately. You know, I yeah, thought yeah. for, as did most of my Twitter feed, when, do, when, when you first heard that this was actually going to be yeah, placed in front of the membership of the National Football League, what did you feel? A sense of pride? What did you feel?
4: I, I remember my seven year old son came in the room and said, What's wrong, Papa? <laughs> and I said, Those are tears of joy. And we, I, we embraced mm-hmm. and, uh, I cried, I sobbed and, uh, he started sobbing and, uh, <laughs> you'll he, never forget uh, I just, I won't forget that moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, Call him son. He called me father. And, uh, you know, for the first it. time or for the first time. Wow. Yeah. He'd been calling me Rick before that. Which is like, <laughs> I do not even know where that came from. I said, look, it's either Adam or dad. Hey, right. Where's Rick coming where from? Where is He'd Rick never coming from? That, but, he called me father, and I called him son, and then that that was it. And
0: that goalposts mm-hmm. put it all together. Put it all
4: put it made our family whole again, and yeah, everyone tweeted me a thousand tweets like, yeah, thanks. And I, I've got to say, you know, I it, the you know my crusades extend well past the NFL playing field. Mm-hmm. I was screaming at the city of Los Angeles for the stupid big electric freeway signs that said "click it or ticket," because. Every time you get in your car, you ever do that move where you don't put your seatbelt on and you're just backing down the driveway mm-hmm. and the car starts going off like a pinball machine because you're not? I said, Why do we need big freeway signs explaining to us mm. what is already going on inside of our cars? <laughs> it does seem to be misplaced. Right, Me- so, meanwhile I've passed a whole bunch of guys on you know the 405 and the 110 worst traffic in the world. The people that get into the little fender benders, but their cars are fine, and they're standing in the middle lane outside of the car drawing a chalk outline (laughs) around the car. And the the CSI guys are coming, rappelling down from Huey's. And you're like, pull your car over to the shoulder and then exchange information. It's not a crime scene. Well, as I traveled. Yes. I started passing all these signs in other cities. You'd be driving through Denver and you'd see a freeway sign and it would say, if it steers, it clears. Meaning if you trade a little paint with someone, get off (laughs) the freeway and then exchange the insurance information. Right. Or if you're in Los Angeles, try to run down the illegal. That's <laughs> get him in a headlock,
0: <laughs> which my parents had to do once, by the way, on the four o five.
4: Uh, right, really? that, that's true that's, story. That's what I'm saying. So either way, do it from the shoulder. Don't do it from the third lane. Right. And I kept saying, but why click it or ticket? Because everyone already knows that. If, yes. And uh, sure enough, I, I got into uh, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom's ear, and I got into. Uh, Eric Garcetti's here, the mayor. The mayor of and, Los Angeles. And now if you drive, it says in a in a case of a minor accident, pull off to the side, there's no more collector ticket. You are truly a factor. I mean a, a factor.
6: Is his office is running for office in this future here? This is, is here. I
0: it's impressive. I, I mean, really should. You get yeah. things done, man. You I, I get do. things done. You're a visionary, and not only that though, you act on it. That's right. You're an execution man. You execute.
4: Yeah, no. It's it. It'd be easy just to you know sit with you and the rest of the folks in the front of the bus with the air conditioning blowing <laughs> and and, and yeah. enjoying our bottled waters sure. and watching our flat panel televisions. But I got to roll up my sleeves, get out there, and you know hit You're the man streets. Of the, well, we
0: knew you were a man of the people. Yeah, to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what 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 next then? I mean, what next for you? Well, After the, I mean, because the goal, it's over. The goalposts, it's it's done. They yeah. passed it. Mm-hmm. They went ahead. It's gonna go down. We're gonna see new goalposts in the National Football League, to the point where I think that it's part of the reason why they, you can't dunk over the post now because it's now high. There must right. be some sort of physics involved here. Sure. That if sure. you if you put force on the sure on the crossbar,
4: yeah. You well, know. now that Tony Gonzalez is retired, we don't have to worry. Well, Jimmy much. Graham was
0: the one who dialed the thing back. Yeah, Graham's
4: been doing a lot of it. They had. They, it
0: they busted. They stopped the game for for bringing out a a ladder, and some guy runs out with a ladder and a torpedo level and a straight edge. Right. Now you got to put a,
4: you got to put a level
0: on it. You got to put a level on it. Yeah, they yeah. had the level on it. Right. They yeah. brought the level with the with the you know the.
6: I'm still rooting for the, the water because last time he was on, he, he said that, and you brought up the analogy of when you're in the playground and you're, you're down 15, you have no chance at winning, and you say, if I sink this next shot, we're tied, right. and you just do that. And uh, it's such a great... It would never happen in professional sports, but in some mannerism, it like does need to junk. be enacted. Yeah, kind of like Rockin' Jock, the 25-point basket.
4: Yeah. No, I, I do like that. I think we all, and we would all, as far as the competition committee, it's something that would keep you tuned in because when your team is down or their team or any team is down by 21 points and there's a minute, 28 seconds left in the game, you tend to tune out. Mm-hmm. There's not, it's not winnable, but if they had that center pole, that if the guy kicked it and that was 25 points or whatever it is, it would, it would definitely, you know, you know what the rules should be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe uh, I'm just repeating myself, but that center pole we talked about hitting—that yeah, right. should just bring you to a tie. Whatever, whatever, wh- whatever however the score you're down, is, whatever, wh- whether it's, whatever you are, it's going to bring. If you're down less than, if you're down more than three points, it brings you to a tie. So if
0: you're down by twenty-three and there's no hope, And there's, there's no, no hope. hope. There's still there's Janikowski still the,
4: the- setting up from fifty-one to try to tie it. And hit that center pose. I like
2: it. That would be amazing.
6: You lose your next game though if you miss it. There's got <laughs> wow, to no. be something. You got I don't know. I put mean, some the, leverage. The on
0: downside it. is you lose the game that you're in. Well,
6: you're going to lose anyway. You're down 23.
0: Oh, so now wait a minute. Do you? Do you? Does the pole come up from, from the bottom of the from the ground just for that moment? Can you? Do you have to call for the middle pole? Yes. Or the get, middle pole get, is get, always there, like so. It's like a fork. It's like a trident. And the upright is now like a tr- an NFL trident.
4: I think you get one call for for the middle pole. It comes out like a dog's unit. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying, I do know it's, that. It's, yes, she's quite nicely because it's, it's it, it is excitement and it's pink. It's excitement. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, and it I like right it. comes right out from uh-huh. the right, you know, from the middle riddle, uh-huh. and you can call for it one time. Right. and uh, one time the per kick. season,
2: or ooh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'd
4: say one time per season. One
2: time yeah. per season.
4: Where you
0: like, bring it say out. It's
2: like week 16, and you need to make the playoffs, but you're getting blown out at home. Right. And you call for the pole to tie.
4: Call for the poll. So right. call.
2: <laughs> and you you probably have a special
4: guy. Like a a specialist. The backup tight end with the squared off shoe who doesn't <laughs> do the sidewinder, you right. know, it just goes straight my, at like it. Like Mark Mosley. your yeah, Mosley style. Right. Who's just used to booting that thing straight away. Straight away. Straight away. I yeah. Like it. That's that's the straight ahead guy.
0: So it's like a fifty third man on the roster. Right. Does he come up from the ground too? Like the he, pole?
4: We use we keep him well, <laughs> you know my replay game. The replay. Gimp. <laughs> yeah, you keep him back there. You, yeah.
0: you know about the replay gimp, right, guys? I've heard about, about this, this? Yes, yes. that that there's somebody who has not seen any part of the game at all.
4: He, he doesn't know what football doesn't is. Doesn't
0: even know just and and he's dressed like the gimp, kept in a in a the bowels like a, of the the bowels stadium. of the stadium cellar in a mm-hmm. in a yeah and in, we, they, in they, a trunk, and then you bust out the replay gimp who. Who is with the goes under official the reviewer? Well, he
4: has a wrangler like the Buffalo, at Colorado, when they <laughs> runs out on the field, but they're flogging him the right. whole time, you know. But they're running him out there, <laughs> right. and he just puts he goes under the thing, and you know, was his foot in? Was his foot out? Right. The ball it's either thumbs up or thumbs down. He doesn't. He doesn't even know what he's looking at, and then it's back to the back to the bowels. Of back the to stadium. the bowels of the
0: stadium, right? So, and that's where the specialist should be kept next to the. Gimp's I do, trunk. and the
4: reason for the gimp. And, and and by the way, we're not cruel. There are holes in the trunk, obviously. Can, <laughs> this is humane. fresh air. This is yeah. humane. And we You're feed right. them through, this the, is humane. through the hole. If you uh-huh. cut up a banana right, you can get it through the hole. Mm-mm. The point is this. The replay gimp, what, what drives me insane is not enough evidence to overturn the erroneous call that was previously made. Right.
0: The ruling on the field stands, right? Confirmed. Confirmed means that we've seen enough evidence. If it stands as called, that's their way of basically going, well, that's up we got. Yeah, I
4: mean, we all all have seen a few. There's always a few calls every year where you go, we know it was a bad initial call, but they just didn't have the camera angle to overturn it. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, is I don't want the initial call factored in. I just want to go under the hood with the gimp, you make the call, that's the call. We don't need to know in advance, oh, here's the call, is there enough to overturn it? That to me is not, right. that's not you making a call, that's a call that's already been made and you going, well, is there quite enough, you know.
0: It's iffy. Right. right. So the gimp would remove that gray hair. Absolutely. Because the gimp, the gimp, whatever the gimp says, stands mm-hmm.
4: He don't, he can't talk. He can <laughs> he can do thumbs so up, he, oh, oh, thumb, okay. thumbs down. Okay. Yeah. And then of course, obviously, because a zipper over his mouth. Yeah, it's a zipper. Okay. Yeah, in the leather mm-hmm. hood he's wearing, but to me, because, one last question oh,
0: yeah. for you: mm-hmm. Is there sponsorship on the on the gimp? Is you get like a special? The gimp is brought to you by. Yeah,
4: there's a lot of smokeless tobacco companies have already been in touch <laughs> with that think that he fits their demographic. Okay. Perfectly, right. Perfectly. That, I don't want to get into specifics, but I mean, I'm, I'm in touch know, with a lot to of make those some, people. Okay. Well, obviously it's yeah. an opportunity. Yeah. And then because ultimately it's an, it's, it's about entertainment. If he, does the call that goes against the hometown, that's when the Wrangler really just starts belting Hitting. him with that cat of nine tails as they run him back into the trunk. Much to the the, oh, the delight of the crowd. Delight of the crowd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're smarting over the call, but sure. just seeing the gimp being punished that way. Yes. That, yeah. that allows them. A, it's a release. Mm-hmm. It's a release. You mm-hmm. know, okay. I and, like this. And there's a thing, too, where you never know who your town's gimp is. If you watch uh, Top Gear out of the UK, Mm they have the Stig. He does all the test driving for all the cars, but they protect his identity. Right. See, it's sort of a Superman thing. You don't know. You can think, oh, is that guy some F1 driver who's doing this? But you don't know. Who he is?
0: Is the Gimp's identity ever revealed?
4: Yeah, it's never, revealed. never, never. So revealed. it's a guessing game. Yeah, sure. And every memorial. once in a while, you're just walking through town and you lock eyes with a shorter, stout guy mm-hmm. who's got some lash wounds on him. You <laughs> are, know? There,
2: are there 31 you, Gimps?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: one. For Obviously,
4: stadium, yeah. Right. We have we have each one as a stadium, and he goes that. But he you'll well, never it's just know. like
0: every stadium has its own replay official. Right. This right. time, so the replay is there still a replay official? We don't need him. No, out. Out. The replay Gimp is the one who's brought in. Because right. as you know now, the, the home office of the National Football League has contact with the replay official and the, re, and the referee. That was also passed. Right. With a new rule with your extension of the goalpost upright. Right, right. That, so now the Gimp, we're, we're, Gimp is now part of management in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If the, that's going to be a tough sell. That's going to well, be a tough sell, you know, They
4: said that about extending the goalpost. They did. Um, the click
0: it and, and ticket. They said they, the same thing about that, too. Yeah, they
4: said it to Rosa Parks when she moved to the front of the bus. <laughs> but that doesn't mean, and I'm not saying I'm above her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. You're a peer. Well, just as if another you're person. you're going to have a conversation, <laughs> yeah. obviously my name is going to be sure. woven into that.
0: Well, but it, like I said, it, it helps certainly because I've been, I've been in that meeting room at the owner's meeting. I've been in that meeting room at the owner's meeting and you need to have some serious clout Mm -hmm. behind your ideas and at least with your extension of the goalpost upright concept to have somebody as influential as Robert Kraft raise his hand and say my team will go and be behind that idea. You need that. You need the man who has hired the modern day Belichick to do that and he is on the phone right now to celebrate with you, Adam Crowe. Really? Mr. Kraft, are you there, sir?
1: Hi, how are you, Rich? I'm... How are you, Adam? Good. <laughs> Good to hear from you. Well, we, like, uh, we always like to speak with influential uh, opinion makers who can change things that are important to the culture of America. <laughs> <laughs> they wanna Thank you. I want to always be sure. You know, first of all, we have a mutual pal in Howard Stern. He
4: always has said how what a great comedian you are. Well, God bless him. I I was uh, I was over at uh, Jimmy Kimmel's house uh, a couple of days ago, and he told me that Howard somebody posed the question to Howard who could take his place, and right. he said, "Well, maybe Adam could." And mm. I was profoundly well. Flattered. There you go. So the only thing I got to
1: put a little pin in your tush and say, why <laughs> didn't you start? You should have gone on Howard and start working the room quicker uh, on the goalpost, and then maybe that game we had a. With In the Baltimore. Yeah. yeah, with the Ravens.
0: That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, the one where my favorite coach uh, tried to <laughs> chat with a rep <laughs> at the end. But, um, you know, it was pretty cool. We, we actually wanted to get these goalposts to be higher. But uh, the word around our room was that Adam Carolla said it's okay if they're five feet.
4: Well, 85% of those kicks fall under the five-foot limit, you know? Like the one in Baltimore, I mean, against the Ravens, that was, I don't know, two feet above the—
0: That went way above it. Oh, did it go way above it? Yeah, I mean, that went way— and, and Was it more
4: than five feet above it? I think
0: it looked that—do uh, you think, Mr. Kraft, if, if the uprights were extended that night, it it, it would have— it would have been more, uh, certainly it would have been an easier uh, call.
1: I, I, I'm not sure I should be chatting on this issue. That I need <laughs> all my cash flow. So I'm going to let you guys come But Adam, you okay. must be very cool because Rich only has the highest grade talent on his podcast. So <laughs> I, ju- I just wanted to call yeah. and say thank you, you for go. helping to improve... Uh, the I, NFL this, game, this is It's a, a pleasure to talk to you This both. is a great
4: moment in my life. And Mr. Kraft, before we hang up, can I tell you a quick story Sure. that might involve a small pin in your tuchus? I was uh, backstage during the finals of a Celebrity Apprentice, and I was hanging out with uh, Penn Gillette, and I think Dee Schneider, and uh, George Takai, and Polly from uh, uh orange county choppers okay and we're all standing back there and um trump came back and he said i'm gonna bring you in my dear friend bob craft and you guys are gonna get to meet the bob craft and he turned around and walked out of the room and i was looking at the biker guy the magic guy right the Star Wars guy and the gay guy and the rocker, and I realized none of them knew I knew Robert Kraft. Of course. They didn't know Bob. He did the Bob oh, Kraft, and I dropped. said, "I'm the only guy in the room who's excited because I know there's going to be a guy with uh, two tone shirt collar and cuffs <laughs> coming in here in a matter of seconds to give me a Patriots pin." And I, it was partially his fault because he called you Bob. He should have called you Robert Kraft. I know okay. you was Robert We're, Kraft.
1: We'll, we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to. Um, get him uh, straightened out on fire trump tell <laughs> it's, him just, uh, it's always I, robert craft okay well um whatever as long as it's positive it whatever is. you want to call me it's, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I call, call by you the way, let me ask you because mm. i get i get you know i i'm i believe in tradition roots and yes we have a pretty good winning record uh when i wear that blue shirt with white collar yes and but I get rags sometimes. People say, "Geez, the guy's got only owns one shirt." <laughs> but, so
4: what do I do? Can I do I keep it going, keep tradition, or do I mix it up? I'll tell you what my answer would be to anyone who said that. I would say, "Yes, it's true. I only own one shirt, but I own three airplanes." <laughs> That would be my answer.
1: I say keep Crafty, the shirt. You're a very accurate reporter. Very
3: good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much.
1: Hey, and, listen. Uh, you guys be well. Thank
0: you for calling in, Mr. Kraft. I, well, and thank uh, you for making Adam's dream come true. Yes. For the-
1: oh,
4: well, great. I- He's an LA guy. Is he a Pats fan? Of course. Where do I tell uh, Bill Simmons, the uh, sports guy that I spoke to you? He'll That's right. He'll be everywhere. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your influence. You be well.
1: Take Thank care. You. Thanks,
0: Mr. Bye. Kraft. That is Robert Kraft, the owner <laughs> of the New England Patriots, calling in.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, my honest thing with the Thank you guys. with the uh, with the Patriots was mm-hmm. I always wanted them to win because they're always just a, a fun team to watch, you know, back in the day with Grogan and, mm-hmm. and company. I like their uniforms, their old-school uniforms. Oh, with Pat the Patriot right. on oh, the helmet. The
6: yeah, they the still bring that it When that they play back. the Bills at Orchard Park and the Bills are in their throwbacks, it's the best.
4: Yeah, the Bills, Pats, and the Pats had something going, which was the belt, like the black belt, going through the pants, you mm-hmm. know, that you could see sure. through there. And I always loved them. And then they'd never stopped. Then a certain part, they— Came came a time where they never stopped losing or winning. They would never, they just won everything. And then I was like, "Screw those pads." And then they lost a couple of games. And I was like, "Back with it, back with the pads."
0: Right. I mean, I, and I appreciate you hiding your your Rams roots a little yes, bit there, because I, I, I mean, I, obviously, you know, the 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 Brady, Belichick dynasty began by beating the Rams back yeah. in the day. So, I you know, I appreciate you you do it cuz he's a very I mean, that that is that is in my mind the most influential owner in the National Football League.
4: Oh, the, yeah.
0: You know, I mean, you could say Mr. Jones, you could go other ones as well, but Robert Kraft is is the man.
4: I, I uh, owner
0: I, in the National Football League. You can I, do the Roonies, obviously. You can throw them all out there, but
4: I tend to think that they're, they're probably the best franchise in the NFL of the last decade, for sure. Well,
0: we're talking about th- this past week that Johnny Manziel and um, and also uh, Bortles has been brought in for a Bridgewater. They're going to bring in both quarterbacks to take mm-hmm. a look at for their pro de- for for private workouts, and everyone's wondering why in the world would they do that. And my thought on that is because they want to kick the tires on these guys because they may have to play them, so you'll see them up close and personal if you have the chance. Oh, and, if you have an o- if you, and if you have an owner who's like, okay, I know I'm paying Tom Brady a, a billion dollars, and I know you know this process costs money. You've got to send tickets. you got to put them up. I mean, it's money that some right. owners might go, oh, I don't know. Why are you bringing them in if we're paying Brady all this money? Bob Kraft is, or Robert Kraft. That's right. RKK, Mr. Kraft, right? Ba- bring him in. I mean, he just like he's he's throwing his weight behind him, you know. Well, also, regard.
4: what's Brady going into his thirteenth season or something? Well, Brady's
0: going to be Brady is, uh, I believe, thirty six, uh-huh. and but you're not going to draft you, to get Manzel or Bridgewater. You'd have to give up the farm to get up from from where they are, which I believe is drafting thirtieth. Right. To go all the way up to go get him. Right, you'd have to give up the absolute farm to get him. Mm-hmm. So if you're draft, you're not going to sit him behind Tom Brady for four or five years. It makes no sense to bring these guys in unless you want to kick the tires on them. I have not to know what they're going to be like.
4: I got to be honest, uh, Rich. Yes, sir, uh, Richard. Yes, uh, I've been, you know, kind of not, you know, following the game very closely. and mostly focused on this click it or ticket thing and yes. the upright, but not the actual players Understood. and stuff like that. So um, if I'm Uh, The Patriots You know I say Trade Aaron Hernandez Go up a couple of notches In the draft Get a shot at Manziel I have to tell you his, his, hmm?
0: His value has taken A little bit of a hit Aaron well Hernandez. he's still
4: a b- Pro Bowler as far as <laughs> I know. I, I mean, obviously he's got some value. I, I'm saying trade up.
0: I'm glad you. I'm glad they, you waited to to posit that theory uh, yeah, after Mr. Kraft I mean, for, hung up the topic.
4: kowski has been injury injury free for the last few years. You got a you got a Pro Bowler tight end in, in Gronk already. No, no, I hear you. Again, I've not been following the rosters closely. Yeah,
0: you've understood.
4: And I, I do drink some, you know, on Sundays. So I'm not. It's not always clear a little blackout. what's going on. There's a little
0: blackout on your
4: well, that's the blackout
0: I'm Sunday blackout. Brownout,
4: okay. I'm at home. I'm not driving. just yeah, Skip loader. I'm just at home, <laughs> <laughs> wondering if five twins or triplets. You know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I see three people. I, I know, know there are only two. I hug the one in the middle. Maybe
0: that's why he calls you Rick.
4: <laughs> yeah. You know what? Could be that. Could be something. Could yeah. be that.
0: I don't want to, you know, get too deep in this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's what yeah. it's it's your business.
4: No, no, and no, no. I keep it in my business. Mm-hmm. You know? It's very private.
0: But yeah, I thought that would be cool to have. Yeah, tell Simmons that. <laughs> have Simmons try and get him on his podcast.
4: Ace man, what's it? Bob grabs said? What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell them all so what is going on with this lawsuit i know oh, you want to talk about this do man. you want to talk about this you yeah. can talk
4: about it if you don't want to talk about it you don't no, have to talk um, about um, it um um i because like it to threatens talk about this it.
0: entire medium correct
4: it it does it threatens uh, me and you and everyone else uh who's doing a potteroo mm-hmm. um we were sued my podcast by patent trolls and they the, the, the thumbnail sketch of patent trolls are they their conglomeration of lawyers and bankers and sort of rich whitey at his worst.
0: People who have money to spend on this sort of well, thing. Guys
4: who wear shirts with different color cuffs No, I, no, and, I, wait, uh, okay. hold on a minute. Yeah, now you know what I'm saying. Yes. And they buy up patents that, that are either not being used or have no real application or anything, mm-hmm. and then they figure out, Ways to apply them to existing businesses, and then they call up, you know, Google, and they go, "Hey, man, you're using our technology," and they go, "What?" and they go, "We're now we're suing you," and or you know, give us ten million bucks and we'll we'll leave you alone. And I sort of heard about it and understood it, but they're going after Google and iTunes and you know, big you know big conglomerations that have lawyers and, and. billions of dollars and stuff like that well mm-hmm. they decided to come after us why um, of- <clears throat> i think they sat around and if you really think about it how long was the the man gonna s- sit on the sidelines that's a football metaphor it is and watch what's going on on the internet with patents and your voice and consumers and sponsors and things like that and not wet their beak, like not get in on it. I mean, there's traditionally a group of guys who don't do anything. They just get in between people that are doing something and go, right. where's our cut?
0: So essentially, these patent trolls that you're referring to uh, said they came up with the I, the technology for a podcast. Is that no, what they're saying? And therefore, you're using their...
4: They're saying you're construct. using a part of our technology for your podcasting, and in this case, it's a sequencer. It's it's a playlist. Cat- so, cataloging, right? Yeah, it's your your podcast on a Monday is on a Monday, and Tuesday is underneath it, and Wednesday's underneath that. And if you go online, you see Rich, uh, the Rich Eisen podcast. and You see one to mm-hmm. five hundred, and they're mm-hmm. all down the line. Yes. And they're saying that's our technology, and you know, obviously. If that's up for grabs, everything on the Internet's up for grabs. I mean, everything that has a series, everything on YouTube, you know, everything. So we now usually what they want you to do is just pay them off and they'll go away because the threat of litigation is so expensive and so time consuming Mm -hmm. that you just go take money. Go, please leave us alone. Um, we realize that if we do that, then they're just going to go on iTunes, find the top couple hundred podcasts, and just start going down, down the line. line. Yeah, why? Mark Maron's next, Nerdist. They're all. They're all. Why? Sitting there. Why wouldn't you? Because that's what you do for a living. You buy patents, you make money. And if I paid you, why not get Rich Eisen to pay you? So what we're doing is we're fighting it the problem with that is it cost a million to one to 1.5 million dollars worth of lawyer to litigate it to litigate and it.
0: defend yourself against these folks that have just slapped
4: frivolous so, lawsuits. so what happens
0: like your agent or you receive this in the mail one day all of a sudden and you're like uh-huh. what in the hell is this is that yeah. basically what it was
4: yeah it was, I mean, it's
0: you nbc and abc is that what it is or uh, I, I they're forget. going after
4: a few entities but they've they've push me into that mix and they filed and the court dates in you know, october and it's in texas and and well, i
0: read that it's in texas in a very friendly court for their end of the argument from mm-hmm. basically from what i read is that 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 uh patent arguments in that district yes. are what six out of ten or seven out of ten go in the favor of whoever's suing you, whereas in others, it's not nearly as favorable, correct?
4: Right. So they hung... Again, you know, people say, oh, aren't you pissed off? It's like, eh, no, it's business for them. Right. So it's nothing personal. It's it, They hang their shingle up in a town in eastern Texas that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Again, it's business. Right. They don't come to Los Angeles and do it, where my business is. And then they sue, and they're not going to win. E- everybody... With any kind of legal background whatsoever, who's taken a look at the actual case has said, "Oh, there's, there's no way." Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to cost 1.3 million dollars to find out that we won, right? <laughs> Which, to get
0: to that point of the no way, to get
4: to that no way point. And so, what we're saying is, is look, all podcasting and and all the communities, and you know, your fans might not listen to me or Mark Marin or the nerd, whatever it is. Whoever it is, mobilize your fan base. Go to fundanything.com. We're doing a crowdsourcing thing. Give to the legal defense fund. Sure. We're n- none of that money's going, going to me. You know, a little bit up my nose, but that's just, that's, I'm putting in some long hours of here. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to fight these guys and we're going we're gonna to beat them mm-hmm. with, with this war chest that we're going to build sure. through reaching out to the podcast community.
0: Fundanything.com.
4: Yeah, or you can go to amcroll.com and it's it's Okay, on there and it's on as in well. there too. Yeah. And so so far we're I think we're about $300,000 okay. we've raised.
0: Yeah, it's interesting cuz this this podcast is done through NFL Media. Mm-hmm. You're doing it through your own entity, through right. your own, Is that why they that and and your your uh your number 1 that's why you were number one on the on the hit list, do you think? is 'cause you're number one on the iTunes and you're I, setting I, records, I, et cetera, et cetera. I
4: imagine and I, I this is all speculation, but sure. I imagine they just went to iTunes and they went who's near or at the top of the list yeah. and they went, Let's go after them first and then we'll work our way down down the line. And that's what I imagine. I I don't know. It, they they don't you know they'll sue Google and they'll sue me. And so to me that means everyone falls somewhere in between right. Google and me. <laughs> right. And uh, a, anyone a, so that means NFL Network. it just means everything. NBC. Whatever is going to fall somewhere in between Google and me. Right. So everything's up for grabs. Interesting.
0: Well, fundanything.com. dot com. Got to go to it because that's. This sounds um, horrifying. Quite, it's quite very, frankly, it's
4: sort of it's sort of the opposite of American. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 very American to go out and start your own business and have your employees and build your stuff up and build yourself a small business, and then this is the man, you know, coming in and and doing it in a way that's very, you know, cyber y and twenty first century and, you know, Buck Rogersy, but this is a this is essentially something that is going to be illegal in five years. Right. But to me it's like them finding the cure to your particular cancer three years after you've been in the ground. Right. You know, like that that's nice, but mm-hmm. I gotta try to beat it now.
6: And if people have questions, they can go to uh, they can send an email to legaldefense at adamcarolla.com. All right. Too. Let's do that. Yeah.
0: Let's do that before they come here. They have no idea they're messing with the man who came up with the replay GIMP and uh, and got the goalpost phrase. Clicking her ticket, gone her yeah, ticket. Yeah, seriously, they, they have no idea. They are messing down. with the wrong snake. Yeah. Wrong. Just kicking the wrong rock right there.
4: Yeah. No. That's that's uh, I I I have sort of said that. It's going to be bad PR for them because they go after people that don't have a voice, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, and we have a platform. We have a pulpit. And they go after big companies, but the big companies just have a floor of lawyers that they have to deal with. But right. they, they don't have a microphone. And they're going to drum up. And I've done plenty of interviews about this. And, sure. of course, I'm you know making the, making the rounds. But this should turn into a story of who these guys are because I I don't, you know, this was a calculated mistake, I believe, on their part because their deal is fly under the radar, make a bunch of money. But now they're shining a light on who they are because I'm out going everywhere talking about it, people writing articles about it, Capitol Hill, and Obama's talking about it, and now they should have kind of stayed in the shadows and hammered those checks rather than going after people that were loud and had a voice <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> have a serious platform uh before i let you go sir catch a contractor sundays at 10 on spike tv you're catching contractors yeah doing the wrong thing right
4: yeah that that show's going very well i uh i i'm i'm not surprised but it's it's weird that i i sort of I, I forgot that I've been off T V for a decade. I mean, you know Have you really? No. Well, no, no. As my as my agent pointed out to me when I said to James Baby Doll Dixon, geez, I was I in love the, that man. I was in the shower, he said to say hi. I good. was in I was in, I talked to him on the right and he said say hi, Rich, a good guy. He is a good man. I said uh I said uh Jesus, baby doll. I think it's been a decade since I've been on TV. He went, baby. No, no. I mean, since you've had a hit, yeah. But
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, I said,
4: yeah, that's kind of what I meant. I but love thanks. that Matt.
0: I, yeah, James. James. He's got quite the uh,
4: the roster. The roster.
6: So you're busting contractors or you got you're quite the roster, yeah. taping them or
4: yeah. Yeah, Baby Doll has John Stewart and Colbert and Kimmel and oh. Carson Daly and all, all the yeah. good ones. Is
0: there anybody else? Oh, he's got Simmons too, right?
4: Is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Simmons? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Simmons? yeah, yeah.
0: Is, that, is that it? Am I missing anybody or that's it? He's got a small well, little boutique, <coughs> doesn't he?
4: He's got, he's got a couple of guys. He's got a couple of writers and a couple of, you know, second-tier guys because I can always tell yeah. when I call him yeah. if he's talking to Jimmy's cousin Sal, yeah. who's one of his guys, he'll go, you know, hold on, baby, let me get rid of somebody. But if he's talking to John Stewart, he'll go, baby, let me call you back. <laughs> I can always tell. You can right. always tell where you're at.
0: Right. And last weekend, I'm sure he he was on uh, with Colbert almost every two minutes with all that craziness sure. going on.
4: Well, my, you know, my, my I've always said, uh, I, I, I'm in love with this, which is, you know, when you call somebody and uh, they go, uh, hold on uh, uh, I'm on with somebody you know especially your agent baby yeah. I'm on with somebody they don't say who I'm yeah, on with somebody uh, let me call you back mm-hmm. you hang up and you think all right he's talking to some client you got go that, through the pecking that, that order that is above me sure in the pecking order and uh so you're like okay um, I always said this if I was an agent and and even not you should just do this every time somebody calls you on your cell phone you should just pick up and Rich, you, you you call me on my cell phone. Hello? Oh. Hey, it's Rich. Rich. Hey, Rich. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, good. Yeah, hold on. Let me get rid of somebody. And then I just put it on hold for like five Mississippi. Even though you're not on. Even though me. I'm not. The phone has just been sitting on my lap. I like it. Great and, psychology. And then I just come back. Rich, yeah, sorry. I had to get rid of someone who wasn't you. Anyway, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> now, you're thinking maybe he's talking to his dad, his mom. Could be. Maybe it was Colbert. But, it doesn't, who cares? But I'm important I, enough. He got rid of. Somebody. I like it. You'll never ask. You'll never go, who'd you get rid of? Of course not. All you know is that you're important enough for me to get rid of whoever I was speaking to before you.
0: And now I hold you in higher regard.
4: And you hold you in higher regard.
0: I do. I feel better about myself and about you. I'm telling you, these patent trolls have no idea who they are f***ing with. No. There, there you go. There you go. There's your a, there's a time code right there. You got that? You, you sure? got that one. No five hole Every now and then 11, I, I let 51. one fly. And yeah. Here at NFL Media, we have to bleep
4: that stuff. Sure.
0: And um, every now and then the show posts. <sighs> yeah. And I get like, oh, your guy missed one.
4: Look, it goes you five know? hole every now and again. It goes
0: five hole every L- now and
4: then. Let me just say, yeah, How do got to let this? it fly. How do well, I handle
0: it, Adam? You tell me. Well, look. You're the top of the iTunes chart.
4: You are an unbridled Stallion. Thank you. And you, there's a song called Wildfire that was written about you. It's about a horse that broke down its stall, and it just can't be contained. And, and the thing about when you sign up for Rich Eisen, yeah. you get all of Rich Eisen. Yes, you do. You don't get the uh, rated G or PG or PG no. 13 Rich Eisen. You signed up for the whole <laughs> Rich Eisen The NC sausage. 17, yeah. That's right. Well, you get it all. And a lot of that is, is greatness. <laughs> And every once in a while, <laughs> that very dark Rich Eisen it, yeah. just pokes its head up through. <laughs> hey, but that's the entire package. Mm-hmm. And you can't say I want seven eighths of Rich Eisen. No, nope. you don't do it that way. You get the entire thing. Thank you. You order the Mexican dish; comes with the rice and the beans. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to eat the beans. That's your business. That's true. But it's coming with rice and beans. And it's mine came hard. with a
2: chicken bone recently. Look out! Wow. Yeah. Look out! Yeah, I don't. I was trying to cut my enchilada, and I was like, this is not cut. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. This I'm like, wait a cutting. minute. You're talking about- oh, I thought
4: that was gay slang. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I say ordering Mexican food, that's code. For- it's code. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So Look sorry. out. So, did- so, so you're actually chicken bone.
2: Yeah, like a real chicken oh, oh, bone. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. no good.
0: Yeah. Uh, so to recap, um, <laughs> we, uh, we got Bob Kraft on the horn to celebrate with you. <laughs> Um, we oh. are going to propose um, a once a season uh, call for a, a we'll call it the e- do we call it the equalizer poll mm-hmm. because because mm-hmm. it, it's oh, it it, the Atom poll are we just well, changing they, the name well I mean is it the Adam poll or, or, or it, it got it has to be
4: branded let's call it the Rick poll so the my Rick, son can get
0: some enjoyment the, okay. out of it so the Rick poll comes up and it, it equalizes the game it gets you to regardless of how far back you are. It's a 40-point blowout, but
4: it's basically Is it in the
0: last 2 minutes of a game though.
4: Yes, it's ba- well, okay. it's basically you like You can't
0: just call for it in the 3rd quarter, yeah, right? Yeah, you I wouldn't
4: mean, want to. It's it's basically you saying you can try a half-court metal lark type hook mm-hmm. shot at the end of a basketball game. To get too tied up,
0: right, and 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 that kick is done by an added fifty third man on the roster, or,
4: or you know, if your sidewinder wants to do okay. it, he can do it. Whoever's the best on
0: the team, and that person is is located next to a replay gimp within the bowels of the stadium. <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's yeah. that comes out well, to replay. How
4: exciting would it be with twenty one seconds left in the game and your team down by thirty seven points at <laughs> that? Dog, the pole coming dog up. Thing, yeah. Just the coming music. up, just the crowd right. going nuts. Yes. And it's, it's 37 incredible. yards, and the guy's setting up. Oh, and he's, gosh. Checked, he's throwing a little grass in the air to see which way the wind is blowing. Season on the line. That's right. I mean, that's just, you're there. And there's no tune out factor because no you tune-out. know that pole is coming. It
0: could at any moment. Right. I love it. That all is there. Um, fundanything.com to go and save podcasts. And Catch a Contractor on Spike Television yep. uh, is Sunday. on Sunday nights at 10 p.m.
4: That is me. And, of course,
0: there's always the Adam Carolla uh, podcast, the Adam Carolla Show on, on iTunes and AdamCarolla.com. You are the best. Rich, you're Thank the you are the best, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Adam Carolla here in studio, the man, the, the Galileo himself <laughs> here on the program. I am pumped for this one. Um, this man, uh, very few people have directed me in my lifetime. Certainly on well, the silver s- screen. Susie, uh, di- well, I mean that's my wife. Yeah, we're okay. talking about on a daily basis. Okay. I'm talking about on the silver screen. All right, and gotcha. um, I'm I was honored to be in this film. Honored to be um, here in the same studio with the uh, director and uh, producer also of Draft Day that you can see in theaters near you on April 11th. Ivan Reitman, good to see you, Hi, sir. Rich. Great to be here. How are you?
5: I'm feeling good. You know, nervous. We're just about to open.
0: Yeah, it's but coming.
5: Yeah, I feel good because people seem to love it. I feel good because uh, even you know, we knew that sports fans would probably dig this, but um um uh, you know, we do a lot of early stu- early marketing stuff and right. uh from the early screenings that we've had, we've learned that people who know nothing about football have you know, are lo- loving the movie as much as uh people who watched. Well, it. and the
0: reason why the movie works from my point of view um is because of of exactly what you're bringing up right there, Ivan, is that people who might not be hardcore football people are enjoying it because draft days that we have been a part of now for eleven this can be our eleventh NFL draft that we're covering on NFL network it's filled with narratives and stories and dramas within families and dreams coming true and also um Kids who fall down draft boards. It's not all hunky dory and, and, and roses, years, right? Definitely. No, but it's all stories, though. Yeah, all of them stories. are stories, and that some of them are father son stories, and some of them are mother son stories, and some are grandmother and son stories. And we've seen kids break down and cry when they're drafted, and and, and this movie, this film hits every single one of those buttons, Ivan. Oh, and thank that, you. Yeah, and and I think that's what you're referring to. Why people maybe who aren't football fans are enjoying it in that regard.
5: Yeah, and it's done against the clock, much like the draft works. I mean, the, we tell the whole story, and I think the, the the chronology is about 14 hours. It right. starts at 6 o'clock in the morning and goes until midnight after the first round. And, um, and an awful lot of stuff happens in that day. And you really – it's almost like a, a sports event in itself. And a, That was sort of the focus um, of the telling of the story. How can we do – a movie that has a kind of a touchdown pass at the last second of the game without ever going on the field.
0: Right. And it's because it's, it's an interesting I, – I always enjoyed the draft, um, being a host of it for many reasons, and and I always wonder what, why is it so interesting, right? Because all it is is it's just names being ticked off every 10 minutes or when we started was every 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and it's also, if you think about it, and all the stuff that we do here, Ivan – Thursday night football and also Super Bowls and Combine coverage and the Hall of Fame. It's the only event where the newsmakers, the general managers, right. are not in the building. They're not physically there.
5: I know. That's the remarkable thing. Most <laughs> most people think when they watch the draft that all the people are... It's, it's, the, it's the action at the tables. But right. The, but the tables are only reflecting what's going on in 32 war rooms across the country. I think... I thought that was amazing. I mean the hard part for me as a film director was okay, so that's a lot of phone calls because mm-hmm. there's all this negotiation and trading and and uh asking of questions and how do you do that and make it look make it a movie, not just a radio show. Right. And um uh, so we started developing the split screen idea that, that
0: was great by the way. And how but in in and when folks see this too, it's the split screen idea is not just uh, two people on either side, a normal split screen. They they sort of walk through the other ones. Yeah, it's not Doris Day and Brock well.
5: Hudson, you know, from the nineteen fifties. I said, wow, I got to come up with something that's a little different. And with digital technology, we can manipulate a character right out of his background and pull him into somewhere else. And I just wanted the people to be feel like, you know, in a phone call, you really think you're with that person. It's in your head. You're can close your eyes and you can imagine what mm-hmm. that's like in a movie you know we're we're used to a two-shot we're used to singles as well and of course that's easy but i didn't want to edit those scenes without the the main characters being together in some way on the screen and and in a more effective way than it's been done in the past so we just played with technology to make it really dynamic
0: and it it, it works and the cast that you got for this film Yeah, how lucky is that? I'd like to get into this process here, because, I mean, getting Kevin Costner to do another sports movie, I'd imagine you weren't the first one to knock on his door between now and, I guess, as we discussed, uh, For Love of the Game, which is what he did, his own construct in the late 90s, I think it was 99, that he did it. I mean, you you couldn't have been the first one to say, hey, let's do a sports movie.
5: Yeah, I read the script, in fact, I read the script in the middle of the night once, I had I couldn't sleep. The and draft it was, day script. The draft day script was the first one. It was the next one for me to read. Mm-hmm. And um, it just caught me by surprise. I wasn't looking to do a football movie or even a sports movie exactly. I was just looking to do a good movie. And I just couldn't put it down. I read it in less than an hour. and I knew I was going to direct it before I finished it. No I, kidding? There was, yeah, there was just... and I, That's never happened before. I may mean, usually work over a script for years, and it usually comes out of an idea that... You know, I've either brought up, or a friend that I'm working with has brought up, and this just came in, and it was a, and it was no surprise to me to find that it won this sort of blacklist award, which is um, yeah, it's an award given to uh, unproduced screenplays of that year, the best of them, and it they're voted on by industry professionals, whatever that means. It's about two <laughs> or three thousand. It,
6: it was like the top one for two years in a row, right? The I, top undeveloped developed. Well, script? I think
5: it was. It's only the, in the one year, but okay. it was not only. Um, it not only won, it won by like a landslide of 60-odd votes. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually they win by two or three votes, whoever hmm. uh, the top fell. Anything in the top five is like an amazing And this thing. was it. This, this was, was it. I didn't know. It happened after we had bought it already. But um, so. Well, that's good. I felt good about the choice. I said, God. Um, and I heard a voice when I was reading it. And. Um, I said, "Who is that guy?" Now it was written for like a thirty-five-year-old general manager, and there's not too many of those guys. And um, that's true. And but I kept hearing somebody, and I couldn't. I said, "I know who this is," and I and I couldn't picture him. And then I realized, "Oh, it's Costner! Damn it! <laughs> that's who I was thinking about." Uh, yeah, he's in his fifties, but that's actually more right for this. And right. We just reworked it for Costner. I sent it to him. Went to visit him in Aspen. And so we we hung out for 24 hours, and we each have a fairly extensive histories. We've been around, and the nicest thing that happened is that we sort of liked each other and ended up trusting each other, uh, and we got there pretty quickly. And he had really smart things to say about the script. I think he improved the script. He had, a, you know, he's a big. Uh, you must know this from speaking to him mm-hmm. alone. Uh, he just knows a lot about sports. Really, the kind of the emotional side of sports that um, and he helped he had some good ideas, uh, you know, that we kept doing and I added stuff. We worked on it for six months and started shooting.
0: And when did you uh, get the NFL involved? Because that's that is as crucial a, a component as anything else, because it makes it in. Im- incredibly believable when yeah, you there
5: was no way to make this movie without, without it right I mean yeah, we, we had made a deal we said look we're not going to do this unless we get them and the studio was not interested in making it without the NFL and the fortunately you know I think Tracy Perlman from uh, the NFL was the first person to read it and mm-hmm. she loved it she called me up and she said you know you have no idea how many scripts we get every day I'm sure they must get one every <laughs> I, know, I,
0: I know they get bombarded said, everyone wants to use the NFL as a backdrop a backdrop.
5: And, and it was such a pleasure to read something that sort of emotionally caught what we we're all about and uh, and so that started the process of getting NFL approval and you know it was not easy i mean they had lots to say but it wasn't about like you got to change this you got to change that it was it was interesting stuff it was like uh hey you know you can't the general manager can't Drive a Toyota. You know, we we're with we're with uh, GMC is our is oh, our
0: sponsorship. Brand. <laughs> we're branding. Okay,
5: so it wasn't about even they didn't mind if somebody drove a Toyota in in, in the movie. It just look our start can't do that, and we can't do that to our brands. You know, you must get that right here at the NFL Network. Sure, and, uh,
0: we've heard that before. <laughs> we've heard about NFL so, branding before,
5: and so I mean there was. Particularly, you know, there's a lot of phones in this film, and uh, particularly. so well, it's you got to go be Motorola's, right? you know, <laughs> I mean, not I No, no, not, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> what are <laughs> we at <what are laughs> <you out laughs> now? What are we at now? I think it's Samsung it's right Samsung. now. Oh. Samsung. <laughs> see, I'm behind
0: the times even.
6: Cisco in the office, Samsung on the East. Wow, Samsung. I should
0: speak <laughs> to you first, Ivan. I didn't know. Okay. Well,
5: we're well first. See, yeah. um, <laughs> yes, you are. You know, there was um, lots of talk about language, but finally they let it go. Um, almost, uh, or at least 95% of it. I... What uh, that's one of the things
0: I was most impressed with with this film, that it it is if you think it's an NFL sponsored whitewash that you're not going to see, sort of a uh, 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 what's the word for it uh, ribald? I mean I don't know what a, a, ribald <laughs> right? I mean I, I don't you're you're going to see some red ass. You're going to see some people talk like you would imagine when the clock is coming down. And the pressure of making the right pick or the right trade or the right move, this is the way people, you would imagine, would talk. And the NFL, letting that go and letting you, Ivan, do your job and letting everyone else do their job, I thought was spectacular. I was so pleased to see that. Yeah. You know, and you're nodding your head too, Chris. Yeah. You saw the yeah, film. Yeah, absolutely. Law, you're going to see it later this week. Yeah, I'm seeing it. Looking forward to later. it. Later. I mean, I was, really, I was really pleased to see that.
5: I just kept asking – and. Everybody involved in, in professional football, does this make sense? Please read the script. Tell me what. I think I asked you, Richard, yeah. uh, very early on to read the yeah. uh, the draft <laughs> of when you had uh, kindly agreed to come on, come into the movie. I said, look, just read and tell me if we're wrong anywhere. I mean, you know as much about the draft as virtually anybody out there, and just, you know. So we talked to coaches, to team owners, to players. And then of course we talked to the NFL all those technical guys who basically run how the draft operates. Well, you put
0: them in the movie. We saw Joel Busser, we <laughs> That's saw right. Frank Sopov, Sammy Choi gets a little bit of a pop. It's a time I, heard I that. mean, and we, we, we
5: we you <laughs> all put these them guys all in who there. Are, you know who are there and doing an amazing job actually. Like I never understood how the trade thing worked, you know, how when two teams make a trade and they it's happened in two different cities, how everyone hears about it. And and clears it at, at Radio City. And it's we try and as soon as I heard, you know, what really goes on that each team calls in and is a team, you know, that there's the officials table Joel and, Busser. <laughs> that's right. If his phone
0: rings <laughs> I tell this on our broadcast, I'm like, that guy, if you see that guy in the background picking up the phone, it is not to order pizza. <laughs> yeah, He's getting up. a phone fo- <laughs> something <laughs> is up. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that was great.
5: I said, Well, we gotta show that, you know, it wasn't necessarily in the script at the at the beginning so we started adding all these details when i i think it was uh russ Brannon. what's his, the guy yes who, he's in it he's for actually the in the movie so uh, when i went to visit him because we were originally going to set this in buffalo but it cost too much and we ended up shooting it in cleveland and uh, but russ started talking about the draft party that they have at the end of the first round mm-hmm. uh right in their own field house and i said you have a party at the end of the first round? Yeah, and we bring in the guy. You know, if we got a top, top pick, we usually try to fly him down in time for the ending of the party and mm-hmm. introduce him.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: I said, wow, what a cool idea. Let's called up the writers. I said, we got to write this new sequence where we bring in all the picks, you know, that they managed to get in that first round. And, um, and it turns out to be this kind of a nice summary of something. Yeah. Because these guys have never been together, and, you know, with Kevin Costner in the film, so it was a w- nice way to at least bring everybody together, and it's just stuff, you know. As we researched the, the veracity of what we were trying to do, we would just pick up new stuff that we could add.
0: Mm-hmm. And and everything and you nailed. I mean, you nailed it. The uh, Frank Langella is the owner. Some great lines that he has as well. You know, like I, I'm not going to give away too much, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's the line he said to him at the end at the amusement park. At the end of that, at the end of the, about making a splash. That's right. That people pay well, to get wet. I mean, that's a really great line. I mean, he he was great, and um, Ellen Burstyn, Sam Elliott. You yeah, these Frank, are, Frank Langella these no... knew
5: nothing about football. By of all the people involved in this movie, He right. probably knew the least. Frank, right? Frank Langella. I mean, he's seventy five years old. He's been nominated for God knows how many Academy Awards and Tonys, <laughs> and Tonys, right? So he shows up at the draft, and he is. Because he's, uh, in our film, you know, the owner makes a, because, you know, usually, of course, no general managers are at the draft, as you guys all know. And, uh, but an owner will occasionally come if he's got the first pick. Because
0: I interviewed Bob McNair yeah. the year he was number one overall, <laughs> and they took Mario Williams instead of Reggie Bush, <laughs> and he came on our show live to talk about it. Yeah. So when you sent me pages, which I've never thought I would ever say to Ivan Reitman and it would be true, <laughs> when you sent me pages saying you want you to be in the scene with Frank Langella, I'm this is I've done this before. This is yes. this has happened before. After the owner has an M one overall pick, it does happen.
5: So I did th- it. So I mean, there's this very, you know, natural thing where he's in the commissioner's lounge, and we were fortunate enough to have Goodell. Himself, you know, play our commissioner in. Yes. And, uh, the goods. Uh, you know, he gave me five minutes for the scene. And I remember, Langelo says, So who is this guy? I no. Said, <laughs> I said, Be really nice to him. He's very important. He's important to us. Yes. And he does this, but he does it really naturally. He's got the scene with him. And then Ray Lewis walked in just by accident. And um, uh, David Dunn, who's his uh, agent who's also in the in movie. In the movie, yes. Yes. Uh, said, hey, you guys want to put Ray Lewis in the movie? I said, sure. You'd <laughs> be backstage in the green room, so let's bring him in. And I said, Lange- so here's the conversation you have to have. And I had to explain this whole thing, who Ray Lewis was to Langella. and, um, oh, that's and so uh, good. <laughs> and Ray was so lovely, and he was actually very effective. I mean, uh, and he... He works just fine in a picture the way we use him. Yes. And, um, yeah. It just felt like a real moment, you they, know. That a guy like that would have gone.
0: There's no through. question. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And you know, I, I, also with um, with Langella, I, I told you this when he showed up on the set and this was the Friday uh, after Thursday night right. Right. When, you had shoot, yeah, when you had to right. sk- shoot our, our scenes for the film, and, and I'm, I, I'm sure you did the same thing with Berman and the SPN crew on that yes. Friday also, right? Yeah. So uh, Langella comes on the set, and I've never met him before. I'm a fan of his work. I mean, my yeah. lord, it's this Frank freaking Langella,
5: <laughs> Masters of the Universe. That's
6: Come on.
5: the worst possible no, role of him. Please. to never. bring up Nixon. That, I know he's please. done everything. Please, you've seen this. him as Dracula. Oh my God, he was uh... <laughs> uh, right, Dracula. I think
0: Long. he was. I think he played Amadeus on Broadway, right? That's correct. He... I saw
5: him as Amadeus right. on Broadway. Okay,
0: actually. so. That's what you say to Ivan Reitman, okay? You don't bring up Skeletor. <laughs> I'm
6: hoping he'll remake the series. <laughs> <Lord.
0: laughs> oh, oh you on. can bring up
5: Skeletor. Hey, it's
0: all right. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, long story short, uh, he says to me because I, I, you know, I mean, Thursday night was crazy. Mm-hmm. Friday is a long day, as you know. I don't need to tell you. You were physically yeah. there. You saw what we do for a living at NFL Network. Everybody in the trucks and all that. So, I mean, <clears throat> I, I'd taken a look, like a slight look at the lines before, and just figured I'll have the. the pages in front of me and I'll, I'll just do what I have to do. I'm right. playing myself for crying out loud. <laughs> you could do that. I, right, exactly. I figure I could do that. So he walks up to me and he shakes my hand and he says, uh, nice to meet you, Rich. And I'm like, nice to meet you, uh, Mr. Langella. And he goes, um, would you like to run through our lines? And I'm like, oh, shit.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, like, I can't believe this is happening! Number one,
0: and what do I say to him? I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, I didn't, I didn't really look, Frank. But so you're going to be in this scene with a total
5: amateur, <laughs> you know? But you guys you know? started ad living together, and we that, did, right? And that's when it really sounded right because that's the way it really is. Yeah. And I, I always try to do that. Look, I started my career directing Bill Murray. I mean, you, you learn to be nimble. Because <laughs> 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 he. He often, almost always, has something better to say than what was written. Mm-hmm. And he'll have a great idea. I mean, I remember working with him in Meatballs as the first one. That was the <laughs> first one, right? Meatballs? That was the first one. And uh-huh. I produced Animal House just before it. And I'd worked with Bill on a show called uh, The National Lampoon Show, which was an off-Broadway review sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just Bill. It was John Belushi, Gilda Radner, Harold Ramis, Joe Flaherty, um, all in this amazing stage show. This is before Saturday Night Live. It's before SCTV. This was, so
0: as uh, I was about to say, it's a mix of two of the greatest yeah. shows of that genre, right? SCTV you know, the, and SNL.
5: Yeah, it was all these guys, and uh, it's what changed my life. I got to produce this show, and uh, and so I had a real good sense of what these guys could do, and I finally talked. I had just done Animal House. I was hoping to direct it. They wouldn't let me direct it because all I had done up to this moment is this little twelve thousand dollar comedy horror movie called *Cannibal Girls*, mm-hmm. which had actually Eugene Levy and Andrea Martin oh, for SCTV TV, right. before any of these people were known, and uh, <laughs> and so that was my credit. Now then, I had the National Lampoon show, and I had, oddly enough, the Magic Show, which was a big Broadway hit with Doug Henning, and so I worked on the script of *Animal House* with Harold Ramis and all the other writers for about two years, and we finally talked Universal into making it. Because for two years, they didn't want to make Animal House. It's, uh, it's too raunchy, too raunchy, it's too crappy, and it's not funny, they would argue. It's oh. not funny. Oh. Suits, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Suits. Come on. I remember walking with Doug Kenny, who was also one of the great writers and one of the founders of the National Lampoon, and mm-hmm. he'd be reading his script, his own script, uh, that he wrote, and he would turn to me and he'd say, isn't this like... I just read it again, and isn't this like one of the funniest scripts you've ever read? And I said, yeah, it is. It's two guys who have never done anything without a pot to piss in. Mm -hmm. And we were absolutely confident that we had this great screenplay. And so Animal House, they say, I'm sorry, Ivan, all you've got is Cannibal Girls. I don't think you can direct this. Right, so they gave it to (laughs) Landis, John Landis. We found Landis, who had at least done a couple of features that they had heard of, and uh, he did a great job. But I realized, oh, I have to direct, and so... I called my friends up who I'd gone to school with, and we wrote Meatballs, this camp comedy. And I called up Bill Murray. I said, look, I'm going to shoot in Canada, and, it's a, and if it's no good, no one's going to see it. <laughs> and if it's good, hey, you didn't waste your summer. And he was getting ready to go on to Saturday Night Live. He had never been on. Mm-hmm. So nobody knew who he was. He said, nah, I, I think I'm going to play softball and, and golf all summer. And I said, come on, Bill, you've got to help me and uh finally talked him into doing the film, and what I realized and this is my first like real movie with a big crew and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, we had a four or five hundred thousand dollar budget and i by then, I was co financing it with some friends uh, because of of my earnings from the magic show okay and uh uh and this was before Animal House had come out I mean I squeezed it in really quick because I wanted to be a director and he, um, you know, first day he looks at the, uh, his pages for his first scene. He uh-huh. says, it's "crap," He <laughs> just throws it out. That's what I he said, said? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we got this shot all set up and everything. He said, oh uh, just, yeah, well, will just do the shot, and I'll, I'm going to just change the lines a little bit. I said, okay. And, uh, you know, he goes through it. it's when he's introduced to, if, for those of you who remember Meatballs, He's being introduced to the counselors in training for the very first town. And he just runs his own lines. And all the other guys just say the lines that were written. Mm, right. <laughs> I turned to the guy who's producing with me, an old friend who also wrote it. I said, God, thank God this guy showed up. Because he didn't show up until the second day of shooting. I didn't know I had him until the day before we started shooting. I refused to cast anyone else. It was like it well, was a moment you, of
0: total insanity. What did you see in him? That I guess that that, that he because he had not been on Saturday Night Live yet.
5: No, but I had worked with him uh-huh. on this show, um, on this stage show, and right. you know he was just, just a remarkable presence. As was Belushi, as was Gilda Radner, as was Harold, and um, and they were they were the best I had ever seen anywhere. And so I was I and I couldn't find anybody. I mean, it's not like I didn't audition anybody else uh-huh. because I didn't want to actually go into shooting without an Without the star of the movie, but I actually started shooting uh, uh, without him actually on the set, and I uh, had only found out that day that I had him.
0: Oh, my Lord. And that was your first crack at directing.
5: Well, technically my second after Cannibal Girls. Sure. But we actually had sort of a script on this one. (laughs) So one of the things I (laughs) learned. the best. One of the great things I learned from Cannibal Girls. Oh, scripts are good to have (laughs) when (laughs) you're shooting a movie. (laughs) We sort of decided it would be an improv film, you know.
2: So did Bill Murray just kind of wing the whole movie?
5: No, uh, he didn't, you know. And that was the kind of, uh, you know, I was talking about being nimble. What I learned is I had to get involved. You know, I had to make sure that what he was doing made sense in the course of the story, in the story that we were already telling. But whenever he had a good idea, which was almost every day and often, I had to be fast enough and smart enough to take what's best about what he was pitching Mm -hmm. and doing and, and work it into what was good about the original script and sort of hold it all together.
0: So when did, so you went from that into Stripes? Yes. From that directly into Stripes? Yeah,
5: the great thing about Stripes is I knew I had him two weeks before I started shooting. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so that was a real improvement. But
0: And and, and putting Harold Ramis in the film yes. as well as opposed to again, behind I had, the scenes.
5: Again, I knew Harold was as good as these guys. I had seen him on stage, and he held his own with John Belushi and and with the rest of them. So even though he was a total unknown, right. um, it had never really been in anything other than other stage shows um i had absolute confidence and and so did bill by the way because bill had worked with him on a stage show so he saw him as an equal and that was very useful and and they were equals and they're great in that movie together well
0: it is obviously incredible i mean it's it's seminal and what from the film is, is there anything that 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 we would recall as the i guess quintessential lines from the film that were ad-libbed is there anything from that oh, film that or how much there's of there's a ton
5: of stuff that okay you know got that had a very very good script uh, written by dan goldberg and len bloom and harold Ramis. right you know uh, they all sort of had worked on the draft and then you'd have to add um uh, you know you'd you'd, you'd have to as, add bill's name to that even though he didn't officially get writing credit because he does so much um you know, my favorite sequence is the mar- that famous sort of um, uh, marching thing where they all sort of march together and do mm-hmm. boom-chakalaka. Right. You know, and that's the f- it ends with, that's the fact, Jack. Right. And now, th- that that whole group, half of whom were actors and half of whom were real soldiers we picked up at Fort Knox because that's where I was filming, you know, they trained for two weeks to get that drill right. I kept going to Bill, and Bill Please, you got to practice this. You got, you know, you're going to lead it, and it's going to be, it's going to be the best thing. You know, it's, it, you know, it's the climax of the second act, and we got to go from there. He says, "Yeah, I, I got it." <laughs> and uh, fantastic. And I, I sort of saw him talk to one of the guys one evening, or just a little bit before we were shooting it, and I could see him getting it down. In other words, he wouldn't practice publicly with everybody else but he he saw the moves and he's really so um adroit and so quick he just got it right away and um it was one of the first times i ever used this i think it it was shot with a steady cam which is a camera that has a a special jib or something on yeah, it yeah. that it makes it very smooth it was invented literally about 6 months before that sequence and i had the inventor actually operating and we shot that whole sequence including the running up and all the things that you remember about that day all in all in one day and it's because the drill team was really well drilled and bill just sort of was the kind of conductor on top of it and he basically said just repeat whatever i say <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had their moves, they had all that stuff down, uh-huh. but but in terms of the kind of back and forth thing, and um, and I just shot it, you know, like a ballet, <laughs> and, a, it it, was, wow. and it just worked it's out great. It was well edited, a I classic,
0: think. an absolute instant classic. And I don't know if I told you two, Chris, is this story because you know Ivan in in, in in draft day, it's me, Mayock, and Dion right. representing the NFL Network desk, and Gruden and and Kuiper and Berman. Berman, the ESPN desk, yep. so. Mayock, as you guys know, when during the draft there's no there is no throwing him off his game. I mean, this is yeah. it. This is his Super Bowl, and he's grinding his tape, and he's looking at he's <laughs> calling up general man. He's doing his job. So they get him to do anything but his job during those days and hours leading up to the draft is monumental. So to tell him, hey, we want to shoot a movie and have you in it, and take you away from that stuff no matter how cool it might sound he was a little bit Mayakian about it <laughs> is the only way to put it and Mayockian. you guys know exactly what i'm oh, talking yeah, about of course so he goes to me as we we're getting set to meet ivan he says to me so what are we going to do right now and i'm like we're going to meet the director of draft day and i just knew Mayak, who is so into this football world there's only a handful of pop culture references that he understands and stripes is one of them.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, thank Stripes you for reminding me. I just forgot about that.
0: <laughs> so I said to him, I'm like, he he's a director of uh, note, to say the least. You're in great hands. And he directed Stripes. That was it for him. He's like, where is he? I want to meet him. <laughs> Sign him up. And he came. Ra- I mean, he was like. He's like the bizarro out. Frank he Langella. Was. Was. He doesn't know anything about lighting up Francis. He knows all of that. He knew he could recite that scene <laughs> verbatim. But Mayock, in his ultimate way, because he must evaluate everything in his life, (laughs) says when he met you, I don't know if you remember what he said when he met you, Ivan, he goes, I love stripes, right up until you go to Europe.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Which is the scene I was just talking (laughs) about. Which is what he said, right up until you go to Europe.
0: I'm like, Mike... You don't have, not everything needs to be evaluated, and tape doesn't need to be broken down. I'm like, what are you doing? Too on good. top
5: of everything else, I don't know if you remember this, but I sure do. We were with Arian Foster in the green room. Right. And he had to catch a plane. I thought I had him the next day, and then I was told literally that morning, look, he's getting on a plane because he's got his own charitable thing that he's got to get to, and you've got to get all his scenes in for the movie. And so I was just running around trying to get as many shots. And I remember uh, Ali Bell, our producer, comes up to me and said, look, uh, Rich Eyes is getting pissed. Oh, guys are You guys are late. Uh, you, you said you were going to be there <laughs> at 11 o'clock. This
6: is what we needed, Ivan. Thank you for this information.
5: <laughs> you guys, you were supposed to be down there at the uh, NFL desk at uh, 11 o'clock, and it's already 5 oh, after. Oh, my Lord. I said, i got to get just one more take. If I don't get one more take, I don't have this, like, really, you know what he says, I'm a brown, I'm a brown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh so I'm trying to get oh all this gosh. stuff done and I
0: um was I a prima donna on the no, set. No, I mean I mean I could tell you were a little <laughs>
5: he, Well, you guys are in the middle of you're you're just preparing for the second round. You did work it f- until God knows what. Then yeah, I before. got stuff to do. <laughs> you, you guys were like busy and I and I finally <sighs> I am got so embarrassed. I got there, in there about 5. But you guys are great. But it was great. good. I, oh, I, was, I was, there was like 30 seconds where I said, "Oh my god. Uh, everyone's annoyed. I got, <laughs> I got a, I got a coolest uh, no. event. Oh God! Was, was it ask, happened very quickly. We
6: were going to ask, uh, you know, Berman, Rich, who was more difficult to work with, but it sounds like we might have gotten our. No. <laughs> oh.
5: No. <wow. laughs> Berman had his own <laughs> <laughs> idiosyncrasy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, favorite was when he opened up the suitcase and the drinks came out. You know, the, the diff- he has different kinds of, like, sodas.
0: Oh, I thought it's all Diet Coke.
5: Yeah, it was mostly di- it was. Coke. He's, yeah, di- he's a
0: Diet Coke guy, or, yeah. he, or at least he always was.
5: Or maybe it was all full of Diet Cokes. So I wasn't sure. but the case. He, he had, like, wow. a suitcase, you know, instead of with papers and drinks. <laughs> uh, oh, it was nice enough to man. offer one. Oh,
0: but cute. I think I remember you said to Mayock when he said that to you that you ran out of money. For the movie, is that is that true? Or no, you, no. Because no, I, I don't think I, I would have said th- that. That's, but what, I, that's what he said that you said to him. No, about about stripes that you when you shot it. Oh, okay.
5: No, it was, it was actually technically my first studio movie. It was okay. done with Columbia, and no, it came the, in right on budget. Oh, it's good. Yeah, no, it was. We always thought there had to be a war if it was going to be a war movie, <laughs> so we created one with Czechoslovakia, which is where you're <laughs> where from, from. Which right? yeah. exactly, it was just you know. An internal thing. Okay.
0: I
6: have a question. Well, you mentioned Arian Foster. I haven't seen the film yet. These guys have. How, how big is his role? what? It's kind of like, I think, Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, like, from He Got Game. Does he have a big role in this? He has a
5: nice part. Nice part. You know, part. it's not, I mean, it's a significant part. He's got about four scenes. And he had to do dialogue. I mean, real dialogue. And yeah. he had to walk and talk. Which is not that easy.
0: No, no you just try no, to do not. it. Not walking and talking. I'll tell you that's that's the toughest part of my job. But he's very no, he's very he's good, good in it. Yeah, he's very very I'm good in it. To it. Yeah. But uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman, yeah, crushes his role. He yeah, is awesome. He, I mean, he was absolute. Uh, there will definitely be people who maybe haven't seen Forty Two yet and I m- won't have seen him. He's about to blow up as James Brown. That's coming to this summer. Yeah, that. Perhaps think that he is an actual NFL player in the world. Yeah, role.
5: I mean he looks it, and he, you know, he, he uh, c- contained it. You know, he just. Um, I think this is like one of the big stars of. I mean, he's a, a kind of a big star already. Correct. But, but I think he, he's going to be one of those guys that really at the most upper level of things he can do so much. He's so attractive, and. Um, and he's he can be funny, he can be really serious, and he's a really, really fine actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he really, um, uh, he buys into it. He buys into his roles in a very, really good, wonderful, serious way mm. that makes he us is, believe in He him. is
0: excellent. In the time I have left with you, I have to hit you on Ghostbusters. How did that come about? What was the idea of having him, uh, Bill Murray, and Harold Ramis, and Aykroyd together... as ghost fight uh, you know Ghostbusters. how did that come about Dan
5: wrote this really wonderfully brilliant and odd treatment uh, for he and Belushi Um, and I think it was it was set in the future I think a lot of it was set off off earth somewhere where there were groups of ghost busting teams fighting each other but it had this brilliant idea in it which is here are these guys who function much like firemen and but they catch ghosts and they've got this cool equipment and they, they're right. And there was just good stuff there. And um, Belushi died and it sat um, unmade for a, f- a number of years. And I had just finished working with Bill a couple of times. And I think he spoke to Bill about whether he would be interested in doing it. And Bill had said yes. Uh, and he sa- they sent it to me. And I pitched sort of let's set this in New York today. You know you guys are at university and and you get kicked out and you go into business together i I already structured it as a going into business movie, mm-hmm. but it's an odd business that then becomes <laughs> really profitable and um we just it all came together really quickly it was um we met i think in April or May. I pitched at the Columbia who I just done stripes with, and they said yes in the room uh, they said how much you know i I pitched the movie in about as much time as I just described it no to you. No kidding. And um, they said, wow, that sounds like it would be great. And it's with Bill. And and uh, I said, yeah, Bill, Harold, and Danny. And they said, okay, well, we'll do it. How much do you think it'll cost? And I said, and I just picked the number out of my ass. It was, said, $30 million. His <laughs> stripes had cost 10 at that time. So I figured, you know, three times as much, I think I can handle it. And I said, okay, you got $30 million. Wow. I, and then they said, uh, but you have to have it ready by June tenth, nineteen 1984. And this is, I think it's the beginning of May or the end of April, <sighs> 1983. So I had 13 months uh, to have it ready. We didn't actually have a script. We just had his treatment and sort of my reconstruction of it. We had no effects company because there was only one great effects company then, which was called ILM, It still is. And yeah, that it's Spiel- Lucas, or Sp- yeah. Lu- Spielberg or Lucas? Yeah, or? Lucas's company that Spielberg was already using to do the second Indiana Jones, or it was called Indiana Jones. Right. And um, so we had to create our own special effects company. We had to r- get a script ri- written, and we had to cast and do all the other things that you do to make a movie, a complicated movie. But it was really one of the great experiences of my life, you know, shooting in New York um, at a time when people were... No one had ever seen a movie quite like that, the combination of of comedy with, you know big special effects, things that scared you. I think that was the wonderful yeah. surprise of the movie. Right. Is I remember the very first screening we had, people would scream when that librarian changed into that horrible <laughs> figure, and they would scream, and then they would start to laugh their asses off. It was the kind of combination of things that I think that made it a kind of a powerful event.
0: Well, and you want to talk cultural touchstones from the film, too. I mean, Ray Parker Jr.'s... Yeah. song too I mean that that's still going through my head right now I mean how did that uh, come up did you, how did you find him to, well to do the, we kept on looking
5: off? I knew I needed a song for a montage so we kept um, you know auditioning different people and he finally came in and there and he, it was we were already mixing the movie by the time that song came in the The only bad news about that damn song is yeah. that uh, Elmer Bernstein Wrote this brilliant score, and I think when you see the movie again after all these years, you realize how important his film score, you know, sure. uh, is to that film and holding it together and giving it a kind of scale and breadth um, and a classicism, you know, that sure. sort of makes that film and uh, <laughs> that the the that pe- of... <laughs> people forget that he did this. I'll, uh, you know.
0: Anyway. L- lost and I Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts. <laughs> That's is right. Is what you're saying. <laughs> lost in all of <laughs> exactly that. Exactly right. Is, is is a beautiful <laughs> score that helps the movie be what it is, for sure. Um, a f- couple more questions. Just here. Uh, this may be a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. Just hearing again the DNA of 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 your films from this era for sure. Um, with Murray and uh, Harold Ramis, um, and with SNL folks. How did how are you not part of Caddyshack? Were you how, how did you? How did that?
5: Well, I think not hit de- your
0: desk. I, you I by
5: now worked with Harold four or five times, right? And he wanted to be a director. He wanted to run his own shop. You know, he was, um, um, and so he sort of started writing Caddyshack, and he he wanted to direct it and produce it himself. And he, I totally understood that, right? And he basically set up his own uh film at that time right i mean i admired it i can tell you that <laughs> yeah. what a great movie um uh, he it's a great loss i mean i think his uh i went to his funeral he yes. just passed away um, just a few weeks ago just a few weeks ago and it it, it had a real profound his 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 death really had a profound effect on me and and i'd been working on a, another ghostbusters with the studio mm-hmm. and him and danny Uh, for about the last uh, four years and uh, we started all that together and and uh, he got sick about three and a half years ago and we all thought you know it's just gonna be nothing I think it was diverticulitis I mean nobody wants that but it's usually solved quite easily but I think something happened in the hospital and it just got worse and he got a stroke from it and then he fought his way back for a while and I kept sort of in touch with him and with his wife because I wanted to make sure he could be in this last one. Right. Even if it was going to be a small role. And uh, literally two months, I was going to go visit him about three months ago because I kept hearing that he was, I kept hearing first that he was better and then I kept hearing rumors that he wasn't. And I wanted to just see with my own eyes where he was, how he was, how I could, sort of direct them and what was the situation for real and literally the day before I was supposed to visit his wife called me and said I don't think you should come uh, just now I think uh, things have mm. turned for the worst and in fact he had had another stroke at that point and he died three months after oh my gosh
0: and and now you're not going to be part of the Ghostbusters I came back right? to I mean?
5: the studio and I said you know look I've directed the first two um, and I just don't you know, Bill never wanted to be part of this. Um, he just has had a whole career shift in the last...
0: Sure, he sure has. In his it's last five years. incredible if you think about what...
5: Yeah, what he was doing. And look, God bless him. He should do whatever he wants to do. And I think he just... It wasn't really... Uh, he had never actually... I don't think he's ever read any drafts of the script or he might have read 10 or 15 pages. Um, he just never wanted to engage. I couldn't get him on the phone uh, to even talk about it. And so with 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 him doubtful and with and by the way i never had i never sort of ruled him ever out because really in all the great movies we did together he never showed up until yes, the last point. minute anyway <laughs> so for me it was like <laughs> sure. business as usual and for uh but it was with Harold's loss i said you know this is really an era that's shifting and that's really the story of of the new ghostbusters anyway and um I'd probably better off just uh producing it, which I've been doing a lot of and and finding someone really good and appropriate and you know, who v- brings something new to it.
0: Right. And um and um I I look forward to that and then Draft Day uh, through all of this here here it comes and you're in the director's chair for that one and, and Yeah, and
5: I love I love that experience. I love doing something a little more dramatic which Draft Day is. I mean, there's funny stuff in it, but it's basically um you know a roller coaster ride and uh, it is and uh, i just uh i like doing that and want to find something like that again for me
0: to well this was great ivan i Real i really pleasure. appreciate Thank you Wait,
5: can we ask about arnold what's uh what's,
2: what's it like to work with arnold oh
0: gosh yeah go ahead you guys got a question
2: well about? i love
5: you know i love the guy i think he's um i've done three movies with him you know, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, and Junior. And in, in many ways, Junior is my favorite, uh, and it's the the one of the three that didn't do as well. And um, it was I just, ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think people just, uh, uh, particularly his fans, didn't want to see him. They felt somehow it was demeaning for him to be pregnant. <laughs> the um, <laughs> but um, and I love I love doing Kindergarten Cop because it's actually an action movie, and I don't do too many of those. I've never actually really done a pure action film. And I love the sort of first quarter of that, which is almost a pure action movie. And so, uh, and I loved working putting uh, DeVito with uh, yeah, all that
6: together.
0: Oh, that, that. Uh, that's classic. There's no doubt about that.
6: And this and, bed
2: is lumpy, right? That's the line <laughs> from uh, <laughs> the scene in the hotel. And Dave too. Can you tell a cool Kevin Klein story?
5: Well, um, I just uh, love that script. Uh, again, it's the probably the closest movie to draft day that I've done. It's it's basically
0: why would you say that?
5: I think there's a, uh, has a kind of a, a more serious center, you know, there's mm-hmm. a, um, to it. And there's something about the tone of it, even though one's about politics and, and draft, days certainly about, um, sports, but, um, I don't know. There's something resonant about both those movies that feel, uh, the same to me. Kevin Kline's just one of those great, um, actors. My, um, my favorite moment in it, he's a great um uh, he's like a, an acrobat really and i <laughs> it's a silly moment, but it's it's one of those nice things when is first time he was in the um trying out the president's chair in the Oval Office right. and uh he was swinging it back and forth just sort of a, I use improvisation a little bit uh, even in a movie that's as perfectly scripted as that is. Um, and even draft day, we used some improvisation, you know, just to get, uh, the rhythms more naturally as you sort of experienced yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was swinging back and forth in his chair and I said, okay, on the next take, just really go for it and just, um, just flip over and, or do whatever (laughs) you think it comes. And he, and it's, it's real, it's in the movie and he just, he goes, whoa, (laughs) and he flips over backwards and, um. And then he just jumps up and he says, it's nothing, it's nothing, because the uh, Secret Service guy immediately <laughs> runs into the room. And Those kinds of little human comedic uh, moments are everything to me. I mean, I, it's sort of what makes um, my job the most yeah,
2: fun. Yeah, like when they were at the plant and he's got those the hands things, like the fish story, and it was this big. big. Yeah, he yeah.
5: made that up. That was a. We did have the Louis Louis. and we even had the rights to do that with the big uh, piece of equipment. But... And he learned how to how to use it, and he just it just uh, ad libbed that moment.
6: You uh you didn't direct it, but you produced it. Ho- private Parts with with Howard Stern, and it's really his, his, the only film he's ever done. Is there any talk of working together on something else? Or? Yeah,
5: we talk uh you know a few times a year, and I love the guy, and he's I really worked intensely on that film on the screenplay and and on producing that, and I probably should have directed it. Uh, I was. I was busy. I was doing actually um, two films at the same time already. Space Jam, which I sort of was directing, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't officially the director, I did most of it, and um, so that was um, kind of my other sports even, movie. There's it's even, right? even word.
0: <laughs> there's even word of LeBron. That's right. Doing, a, yeah, or you not really You bo- believe or <laughs> not on that front, but there's.
5: I'm not sure. Know. I really believe he's actually ever going to do that, but he'd be. I think LeBron would actually be good it's at Great him. hosting oh the ESP's. yeah yeah, I mean. yeah. Yeah, I think because there's this wonderfully goofy, charming thing that he Yeah. There's that he no, has.
0: He's very likable outside and, of, you know, leaving Cleveland, but other than that. Um, and what was the other film that you Oh, you Father's
5: for? Day with um, uh, Billy Crystal and, jeez. Uh, that's, I've been doing this You've too You've been long, doing it a while. No, no, sure. <laughs> Anyways, so you were doing those films? And, and, and I, I said, you know what, let's get somebody else to direct that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I should have directed it myself because I love the movie. And I think uh, Betty Thomas, who did direct it, did a great job. And I, th- I love the way that movie turned out. Yeah. yeah. It was a great propaganda film for him. I think it actually uh, was a big shift in his, the way he was always like that. But people now suddenly perceived it's all the yeah, human, the family
6: side of him. Yeah, yeah, and who
5: he, who he actually is. I think people know that much more now. And
0: also, I, it was the first time I ever saw Paul Giamatti. Yeah, on a oh, screen. Yeah. And yeah. he was killer. Spectacular in yeah. that film. He should have and been his, nominated for that. It's I thought th- I mean and he's since gone on to <laughs> do the, some incredible the things. W A W A N B Call Oh so good. Yeah. We could go on and on here.
5: Thank you for remembering all these films. Of course, makes me feel great.
0: And that's what it's just so awesome that you're the director of Draft Day, Ivan. And 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 again this is for I'm not just saying it because you know an NFL guy. No, I'm it's not, awesome. It really it nails draft day right on the head, and it's it's real, and and um, you got some incredible actors in this. Costner doing a sports movie again.
5: It's nice to see him. Like it was really, great to see. It was it really it was like the great star that he always was, you know. But you hasn't had the opportunity for whatever reason to sort of show his stuff. In the last five or six years. And he,
0: it, felt, it felt great to s- just as a fan to see that. And, yeah. and again, as somebody who, who lives and breathes the NFL, it puts a roof over my head. To see him as the general manager of the Browns, uh, as he's going to be on this show next week, he, he, I think, at one point had more tenure as the actual, <laughs> actual general manager of the Browns. He had yes. been Sonny Weaver Jr. for, for longer. A longer than the actual, the actual last GM. two <laughs> Browns general managers, I, yeah, think. I felt
5: really bad. Because we have got to know these guys, and I think Lombardi's a really great. Oh, we love them. Lomb- yeah, he was Lombardi. such a great guy. And, uh, awesome.
0: And Joe Banner made the movie. Yeah, he's still in the movie. There's <laughs> there's sons of there's stuff that fans are going to see and they're going to love these cameos these these things that uh, that pop up in the on the screen. Ivan, thank you so much for coming on. This is this was great, great pleasure. Pleasure. I'll thank see you. Sir. I'll see you at the premiere. Yes, sir. I love saying that stuff out loud. <laughs> Ivan Reitman, go see Draft Day, April 11th. And tell your friends, right here on the Rich Eisen podcast, a legend. He is a legend, Ivan Reitman.
2: Oh, no question, Rich. I mean, did you think about the, the seminal com- comedic moments, uh, the comedy films of the last 25 years. The names he was mentioned, Ivan too. Reitman has had a hand in yeah, them. Yeah,
6: do yourself a favor and just IMDBM and just look at the list of producer credits and director. Uh, it's
2: amazing. If you don't already insane, know.
0: If you don't know. Yeah, I mean, that was great. And Corolla. Back to back. Those were good. <laughs> In studios, he back was, uh, to back. He Carole. was a little smitten
6: there with uh, Bob Kraft calling. How in. can you not be? Yeah,
0: no, That's RKK. That's Robert Kraft for crying out loud.
6: That was awesome.
0: Calling in, saying Howard <laughs> Stern gives you gives you now, gives you high marks. Now, now, come now. on, Robert Kraft says
6: <laughs> Howard Stern gives you high marks. How are you not giddy upon hearing that? Oh, that's
2: great, awesome.
6: Now, kudos to you for for organizing that. Do you want to tell the people how you got? Uh, similar to the Aaron Rodgers of
0: oh no, it's just the <laughs> usual drill of just you know we just want him to come come on and celebrate with uh, Corolla and if we ask him about anything else, he is full That's right like, to uh, hang uh, up on me. Yep, full right to hang up on me. That's that how we booked Aaron Rodgers for Game of Thrones. That's We're not right. going to talk Packers. Which, I'm not going to talk way, about
2: returns. This Sunday. it
0: does on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. The Khaleesi is back. Mm with he her dragons set. and i refer to flying animals when i say her dragons of course. she's back with the dragons <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun uh thanks so to stacy Day- james and the patriots for uh having bob Kraft call in on having all the fun and um corolla ivan reitman mjd now let's close the show with opens yes um this all came about from several fans tweeting me and at Chris Law, and um, I'm sure you saw some of it, Brockman. I did. That the open is ancient. That this is a show that is that 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 is proud. We're proud of the fact that we're weekly. We're sometimes twice a week, if we can do it. And we're once a week. There's stuff that happens each week. It's stuff that we're proud to say is fun and and memorable went, and you, lasting. You, and 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 thus. If we had somebody who was dedicated, if there was their job dedicated to doing it, we could have a kick-ass open every week that was based on what we heard the previous week, or even once every two weeks that was based on the previous two weeks. That would be good. That is part of Chris Law's job description or job um, responsibilities. It wasn't
6: in my goal setting for 2013. Maybe I'll put it in there for
0: 14. But you have... You, you, you do more than just this podcast for the NFL media conglomerate. You are a jack of many trades. I wear many hats. And you're a latex salesman.
6: Not 5.98 hats, which we'll talk about that later, but...
0: You're a latex salesman.
2: <laughs> Don't forget Hillbilly rich.
0: All of that together equals an open that was last changed when? When was the last time?
6: Uh, I believe it was around week six. Maybe. So
0: October...
2: Yeah. Of 2013.
0: It is now April 3rd. Because the
2: Matt Damon stuff's in there. Of
0: 2014. Yeah. So when you were gone on a site survey, another reason why these these opens linger in the inbox or your to-do list. Yes. uh, We threw it out there saying to fans, why don't you give it a try?
2: And that spawned because I emailed Law saying that him and I should have a contest or we should open it up to the listeners, which he blatantly ignored.
0: So now we opened it up, and you have how many entries?
2: Uh, ten,
6: and put, with a potential eleventh, actually. What
0: do you mean potential eleventh?
6: Um, there were some. We had a deadline set. Some people got in after. Right. Some people didn't follow rules. We're not. we we're, we're, t- we're not. Well, we're one not. of them's four and a half minutes long. So we Well, that
0: we get it. That's that ridiculous. That can't do. That one's. I out. mean, it's not Inagata DeVita, for crying yeah. out loud.
6: But uh,
0: it's an open. So here's what you guys here's
6: what you guys need Shouldn't to do. Shouldn't be longer than the podcast. <laughs> got here's it. what I'm thinking. You guys each get out a piece of paper, pen. Okay. Uh, you'll just rank them in, in order Here. of which ones you think are best. You got one. And I got one. And okay. then we'll uh, we'll play all of them, and then we'll narrow it down to five. We'll throw up those five on the blog with the. Authors. But how do we
0: how do we turn them number open one open, open
6: one? Open. I'm gonna then give the shout out to the person's name or Twitter we should handle just who put it. the yeah, person's absolutely. name up of there. Of course, sure.
0: yeah. Okay, so this is open number one. This is
6: open number one. The were submitted to our new email account, Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, wow. Which was started. and cleared, uh, it cleared. It, it cleared, cleared the legal it, it cleared. It cleared, it cleared, cleared. the legal hurdles. No, nah, we never asked. We, we probably never <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's I'm sure it's fine somewhere. Dude. Um, okay, so open right, number go. one. Let's it, go. I'm is, eager. Is from uh, at reject CK underscore
2: CKY. He's a big listener of the podcast. At reject
0: underscore, Which C-K-Y. is, a, is which the, you is like the that. original.
2: Actually, shout out to him. He's getting married this weekend.
0: Congrats hey, reject underscore CKY.
2: Don't let that sway the voting now. And
0: I know. Look, Brockman you know? used to have an underscore, so that might have. Uh, that I was talking have... more about the wedding. Oh, but, okay. uh,
6: <laughs> if you want to go underscore. Go okay, for it. Here we go. Here it is. The open from reject CKY.
0: Don't forget the underscore. The uh, quartet from Anchorman 2, Will Farrell, Steve Carrill, Dave Keckner, Paul Rudd.
6: Good to see you, Richard. I have oh,
0: been Richard. called that in a while. Yeah. Anything yeah. dick. If my father-in-law,
1: Dick Morgan, would say when the kids would snicker, There was not a euphemism when I was growing up. Don't be afraid to laugh, people. Houston Oilers number, number one.
6: one.
0: It is with the All of
6: Fame. So I'm like, this is bullshit. This whole thing is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new record, by the way, for bleak. He just beat Bobby Connavelli. <laughs> kind of well, just I the
2: too. way my mother raised me. <laughs> by the way, Honestly. Bobby kind
3: of <laughs> Yes! <laughs>
2: Joel
0: McHale, what do you think of our parking lot here at NFL it, Network? It sucks. <laughs> Gillian Jacobs.
6: You know who's had a lot of concussions? Joel McHale. Perhaps nine concussions? Nine is nothing compared to the next guest. Right? Johnny Knoxville. Oh, my God. The broken penis I'd be more concerned about <laughs> than the concussions.
0: Bruce Dern. It's fabulous to be here. Jack Youngblood is now joining us right now. Jack, meet Bruce Dern.
7: Bruce, you need to
4: write a book. I wrote one that was out six years ago. Where were you, Brick? Why didn't you buy it? <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> Hello everyone and thank you. All All right. Right.
0: Okay. So how long down. is that?
6: That one was uh fifty eight seconds. All 59. right. That's a
0: good length. That's a good length. Um yeah. here's what I liked about it. Uh the the Dern line that's the that is the classic hmm. where he called um Jack Youngblood young prick. That. Okay, yeah. well that's good. Uh getting Gillian Jacobs in is is a plus. because she's she's, she's, she's one of the she's a favorite of the show. And the Olafant. Um, stuff is great. It is yep. a little blue, though.
6: That's my concern. It's A lot oh, of
0: bleeps. It's really blue to open the show, and and I'm I'm just gonna say it's great having the Anchorman group in there. That wasn't my favorite moments from the Anchorman. Okay. All of that together, though, I like the length. I like some of the selections. Yep.
2: Are we gonna go Dancing with the Stars and break B- each one? Just break down, it down like that. I, I just, just did that. I, I, I just think, did I, that. Think, Fine. Know, Let's keep
0: going. You could reserve. Just... Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. just wondering.
6: I think we you, you can certainly do that. But we can't just... do it for everyone. Um, Let's go ahead. Next is uh, at Jim in Palo Alto. Submits this Jim. We'll listen here. Okay.
0: From the NFC champion San Francisco 49ers, Michael Crabtree. Are you going to ask to see Anquan's Super Bowl ring? I wish I would have this photograph right now, the look you're getting (laughs) from Michael Crabtree. The most famous news team that's uh, around uh, currently and obviously back in the 70s.
1: We're the Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers, number
6: one.
0: He is the Deputy U.S. Marshal himself, Raylan Givens. It is Timothy Olofen.
6: That's the new record, by the way, for bleepers. He just beat Bobby Cannavale. That's, that's 14. That's the new record right there.
1: Well, I A very Cannavale-type appearance. That's just here. the way
2: my mother raised me.
1: By the way, obviously. Bobby <laughs> Yes!
0: He is the creator and mind who put this thing, this fantastic artistic drama on television, and he is now sitting here in studio weeks later. Vince Gilligan, good to see you.
6: He's, he's traveling through the desert, and he finds this uh, s- statue, this what formerly enormous statue, Egyptian-type thing, and, and now... All right, I'm going to pod that one down because a couple issues with that one. No underscore music. Under well, bed, I mean, which uh, we, we're not
0: going to discount that for some people because they might not have been well, able did, to. rip we did. We did play it actually. Uh, okay. In its How long was that? Open? That was
6: long too. It was a minute twenty-five. Ooh.
0: That's a little too
6: long. And uh, a little bit of editing, no, not very smooth. There, a little more. Oh, a little see, smoother see, I don't want this
0: to become a little catty because your no, your claws aren't out. You Rich. feel the you we, hear the footsteps coming.
2: I think we're just judging on content,
0: right? Well, that makes it two for two in Oliphant.
2: Two for two with Oliphant.
0: and and two for two in the Houston Oilers number one.
2: Yeah, which was really fun. Uh, okay. another,
6: another another next one. Longtime listener here. He's uh, he's on Twitter at uh, Goonie since eighty five. Which what? I love the Goonies. At, at Goonies. Goonie since eighty five.
0: Goonie since eighty five. Yes. Okay.
6: I need to make sure I play the correct one because he submitted two.
0: How long is this one?
6: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us.
0: I'm Richard Eisen. Pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Joel McHale. Yeah.
7: I'm going to the Rich Eisen. Uh, Rich Eisen works here, right? <laughs> okay. Uh,
4: thank you. What a dick I am. <laughs>
0: Dan Patrick, I look to you for a pat on the back sometimes. Sometimes we all need one. Oh. Before the season, I picked San Francisco and Denver to go to the Super Bowl. Okay,
4: man, that's good picks there, Rich.
0: I uh, thank you. Dan. I want to
4: commend you for a great year with the NFL Network. <laughs> thank you,
0: Seth Meyers. How are you, Seth? You're the smartest guy in uh, in sports business. I'd, I'd like to you. think so. I appreciate yeah, that. I'm- Will Farrell, Steve Carell, Dave Keckner Paul Rudd. I have here actual wow. Super Bowl rings. Oh, Where's your ring? Do
5: you think? Um, where's it? Where's it, where's it nothing? ring? Nothing.
0: <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> We are just talking about football, guys. <laughs> See, now, does, does Law ever do I that? was just going to say, Kaveh got right <laughs> into teeing up
6: the guests. He showed up Law. Houston Oilers <laughs> number one.
0: All right. I'd I like the Richard Eisen stuff at the top. At the beginning. Yeah. Normally, that's what closes the, right. the open, correct? Yes. That's uh, an interesting choice uh the joe McHale was, funny. was does, funny does
2: rich eisen work here that was a that, funny
0: that one a, that's a
6: theme throughout too we got a lot of those oh. it's good coming up
0: that's an odd an odd uh dp choice i like working in for um seth meyers talking about how i'm the smartest guy yep. i like that of
2: course
0: um
2: Okay.
6: You guys got them ranked still? Let's go. On, let's move this along. How uh, long was that one? That one was a minute. We, we told everyone a minute, so I'm going to cut okay. these off at about a minute anyway if they're yeah. not, if they go beyond that. Mm, let's um, go. Now, this guy was a professional. How long is
0: your open? Your open's it's over a minute. No, it's
6: about 48 seconds. I have extended it to a minute now. Now- that's at the record sk- when the record skips
0: or now, scratches. But
2: it takes really long for the lo- uh, world's the most interesting man to come yeah, in. Yeah, I true.
0: mean your open's longer than a minute.
2: We're never going to get through this if we keep Dude, harassing me. This is
6: we're we're, we're 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 allotting the proper
0: amount of of time Num- to this. Number four. All right, our number first four. international number submission, ah, all the way right. from Madrid, Spain. Hey, uh, hey, this guy
6: a was a professional. He uh, he worked at ESPN for a brief period oh, of time back in the early 2000s. Did he tell you? Yeah, it's in the included in the email. This is Charles. No oh, Twitter handle. No, oh, this is Charles,
0: t- a Twitterless Charles from Spain. Roll Charles
6: it. from Spain, here you go, Carlos.
0: <laughs> Rain Wilson here on the Rich Eisen podcast. You know, I you know what fighters, my Microsoft dude? reminder is? What is it? Paul Allen freaking calls me on the phone <laughs> to
4: remind me. <laughs>
0: Back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Dennis Miller. This has come to the fore because of the Welker punt that wasn't fielded and obviously the muff that led to the field goal, is that that's called the Peter play.
1: Free love days when Peter and Muff in the same set felt something completely different.
0: Joel McHale is going to be on this show.
4: I was
7: supposed to be in studio
4: and
0: uh, I'm not. I'm in my car. I'm
4: going to the Rich Eisen. Uh, Rich Eisen works here, right? Okay.
0: Johnny Knoxville, you know Jared, right? Yeah,
4: I love Jared Allen. The, the idea was to catch a pass over the middle and him just run at me, and uh, he really hits hard. Pleased <laughs> to be joined by the cast of Anchorman
0: 2. Good to see you, Richard. I have here actual wow Super Bowl rings.
2: They're very delicate. Yeah,
1: they are. And I think this one. As a chocolate sinner. Don't be afraid to laugh, people.
2: Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us.
0: I like that one.
3: That
2: one was good. I think we have a clubhouse leader right now.
0: Okay. Carlos from Spain. Who really wants to be known as Charles? Who really wants of, to be the worldwide Charles. leader in sports. Joel, our second, Joel McHale, has made it into every one of them so far. He's the only in the Anchorman crew.
6: In the Anchorman crew, yeah, I have this all written down. Who's in every one.
0: Okay, let's roll. Number five.
6: Um, this guy, uh, this guy submitted five intros, and then once we rolled it down to one, he resubmitted. He's pretty hardcore. He's from Montreal. Our second uh, international submission. This is uh, Louis Philippe from Louis Philippe.
0: Oh, from Montreal. Louis Philippe. Montreal here we go roulette the always hilarious (laughs) Frank Kelly and do these three friends were on their way to the Super Bowl that's where they found happiness Nothing is better than Morgan Freeman saying, happiness. Dave Damoschick.
6: The batter, when he steps into the batter's
2: box, gets to choose what is essentially his
6: theme music. You step into the batter's box, and then you lock eyes with the pitcher. You lip sync. I saw you with another man. You're beautiful. You start doing that. Four pitch balls. He wants you out of his hair. He Just "Just get him out of my way. Maybe he
2: puts one in your ear. Either way, you're
5: standing on
6: first
2: base.
5: Savvy. At
0: the effect
2: What do you think Namus was thinking at that moment? Not they just much. handed him the coin Isn't and. I he... agree with Rich. If I were to speculate, I think he was thinking, yeah, I'm this cool. <laughs>
0: Let's get to the anchor man too.
1: The Oilers had edible jerseys. It was similar to a fruit roll-up. Remember
0: what
7: Burroughs said? He's like, don't make it great, then.
0: And I won't eat it. That's one of those famous NFL film moments I think you're referring to, that they caught that moment.
7: <laughs> I told the guy, don't make it great! Hell, everyone. <laughs> That's one of my
0: favorites there, Don't make it make great. I told the guys, don't make it great. That grape is great. one of my favorites um, from that. I, I'm, I'm going to tread lightly here, because we love this man, Right? Yeah, Damashek's not love, making the open to the podcast. We love, <laughs> we love him. But <laughs> right. maybe, maybe, you know, because the French and Montreal is French Canadian, they love Jerry Lewis. Maybe Damashek is the Jerry Lewis of football. <laughs> <laughs> right? They love Damischak in Montreal. Well,
6: we have a we have a large following that listen to our podcast Damischak's right. ATL. So right, yes. you know, they're blending everything in. I, as, was,
0: but as you put it, I have tried to be artful and delicate about it. You just let Damischak's not making the. Well, open I knew of this where program. you
6: were
2: going with it. There was no need to try. I, I did like getting Caliendo in, but was that was that like was a long
6: time years years ago. ago. Well, as right?
0: he told me in the emails, deep in the archives, uh,
6: he he's been pushing for that one for for a while. Is but, that um, you,
0: is that Louis Philippe on the phone yeah, right now? Hello, call- hello.
6: International <laughs> calling plans. Here. Hello.
0: Okay, number six.
6: All right, number six. This one comes from Paul. And I'll see if Paul has a Twitter handle. He does not, but he is from the great Keystone State in Harrisburg. This is uh, Paul's uh, intro. That's where I was born. Oh, nice.
0: You're all over the map. The cast of Anchorman 2. The
7: Oilers had edible jerseys. It's similar to a fruit roll-up. So, Stop eating your jerseys. Yeah, you eat people your made jersey. a big deal out of Mark Sanchez when he had that hot dog.
0: Pleased to have back on the Rich Pond host of Late Night with Seth Meyers. How are you, Seth?
7: I'm good. It's glad, I'm glad to be back on the show.
0: Yeah, Pate Manning, was he the best?
4: I always say he was the only host who um had a, a like a color coded binder.
0: No, he did not.
4: He did. At he that. was the best. He was the best.
0: There's no question, right? He was the
4: best on the show. Barkley was the best to spend a week with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the magical Van Peasy himself. Sometimes we get bumped for reruns of okay. strongman competitions or something nonsense. <laughs> I probably have seen over two hundred episodes. What I'm a staggering, sure well, staggering collection of Nimwits we are. Jerry Seinfeld, good to see you. Good to see you.
5: It's just like always like the Giants. The colors i think it's very tough for a green team to win is that right yeah if your team is a green mm-hmm. very tough it's just too mild it's just kind of mild the as awesome an accent jersey. color fine
0: <laughs> i'm stunned it took six to get seinfeld in there
2: yeah yeah svp that was cool
0: an svp one
2: the nimwit line's funny.
0: All right, let's go to number seven.
2: Okay, number
6: seven. This is uh, Matisse, another international submission from Hamburg, Germany. Matisse. Matisse. Um, okay. Man, let me make sure straight straight
0: here. out of the Impressionist era. Oh, what do you got? An operator error. We got a full yeah, 4 file not found situation. Go. Okay, here we go. World to have on the Rich Eisen podcast, winner of the Cannes Film Festival for Best Actor, Bruce Dern. By
7: the time I sit down, through the door comes Mr. Hitch. No way. Well, Hitch was so wide he couldn't get in an ordinary
4: chair. So when he'd sit down in it, and it had arms like this, when he got up, the whole chair came with it. And
7: he would always turn to me, and he said, a hand, please, Bruce. (laughs) And I'd have to pull the legs off his butt so the chair could go back down.
4: Jack Youngblood
0: is now joining us right now. Bruce,
7: you need to write a book. I did write. I wrote one that was out six years ago. Where were you, prick? Why didn't you buy it? (laughs) 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 Producer Chris Law here, along with fellow
2: producer Chris Brockman. Richard's always like, oh, it's your humble host here. I feel like we're equally as humble. I I feel like our humbleness is underrated.
0: Timothy Oliphant, the straight talk is about to get straighter.
2: Those a**holes aren't playing. This is bullshit. This whole thing is bullshit. <laughs> Get these ass <assholes> off, <laughs> sucker.
6: Construct the new record for Bleeber. <laughs> <We> it's <laughs> the way my mother raised me.
0: <laughs>
2: Hello, everyone, and thanks for.
0: All right. I like that one. It's a little blue. It's a Those lot of dern. It doesn't mix a lot of stuff in.
2: Only three guests. Blue well, is two guests. It's not even yet. Yeah, and me and you. In law.
0: Knuckleheads. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's. Uh, Let's roll on. We've got eight, nine, ten, and eleven. We need a, we need more clubhouse leaders here, Law. I'll be honest with you here. Okay, so, I'm, I'm touched that so many people oh, did this. It's by the awesome. way, awesome. So this all right, one, go ahead. this
6: one comes in from Gregory, uh, no last name or no uh, Twitter handle associated with it. And here you go. Go. Pleased to
0: have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Joel McHale. I was
6: supposed to be in studio, and
0: uh, I'm not. I'm in my car. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk as you pull up into the driveway.
2: Hi, I'm going to the Rich Eisen. uh, Rich Eisen works here, right? Okay.
0: Uh, Thank you. Pat McAfee in the frickin' flesh. What's going on? Let's
2: let's talk about this car you rolled up in today. Yeah, bright candy apple red convertible Corvette. Convertible Corvette. Top down. Don't know how to put the top down, Rich. <laughs> I couldn't turn it
0: off.
6: So I parked it in front of my friend's apartment locked for two hours with it on. <laughs>
0: It is Timothy Oliphant. Good to see you. How are you?
1: I actually made football jerseys for all the PAs on the show one season. And on the front, it said Deadwood Football. And on the back, it would say Hooplehead or it would say struck.
6: That's the new record, by the way, for bleepers. He just beat Bobby Valley. That's, that's 14. That's the new record right there. By the way, C-
1: Bobby Bobby Connavale.
3: <laughs> yes. Hello, everyone. All right, okay, that, I like that's, that one. that's in. I like that's that in.
0: One. That's uh, in. Little let's, little. let's let's can you close your Microsoft uh, a Outlook it, for the it, next
6: it, 5 minutes please? It's closed. Please? A little backstory on that. Would you mind? It's well, closed. Well, Nobody's well, getting hold you to a meeting. <laughs> no, you no, have hold no hold on a minute. You, you have no site surveys. <laughs> There's a backstory, Rich here. Rich is I will personally tell Mark Brady to stop emailing you.
2: (laughs) Rich, this (laughs) is that's what it takes. Actually, this is even better. You're gonna like this. Three more opens. When you were uh, when you were on vacation uh, last week when Law and I hosted and we we played the sound bed so everyone would have the clean sound bed, he got an email during the sound bed. So it's probably gonna be on most of these. (laughs) All
6: right. Have you closed your Outlook, please? It's it's not open. That's playing under everyone's because when we played it for them to use, oh, there yeah, was one went off. The
2: ultimate so, LaTeX moment. So and in while every we're single open, the audio bed. <laughs> oh my lord,
6: Rich! It couldn't have happened any better. I'm not gonna lie. All right, here's Keith. This one's from Keith in uh, East Kilbride, Scotland. His submission: Big Giants fan. Holy
0: smokes. Rain Wilson here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Soul
6: Pancake,
0: what what can we promote about this? What can we do about this?
6: Nothing. There's
1: nothing you can do. We don't need your help. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing fine. That is There's the best response to anything I've ever attempted to <laughs> oh, yes. promote we on don't. the three plus
0: year history of this show. Yeah. Eric Stone Street. Oh yeah, Eric. You have a tight end with the
7: last name Butts. Yes, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I was, on the, I was on the sidelines, and I'm like, butt is all over us. Get off us.
3: <laughs>
0: Colin Hanks, good to see you, sir.
2: Whenever they cut to the coach, we talk about what kind of stepfather that head coach is. Mike Shanahan
4: is the father, as the stepfather just calls you a turd, and he just makes he makes fun of you. That's
1: Shanahan. Yeah,
4: that's Shanahan.
0: Charles Barkley. How are you, Charles?
7: We get so enamored
1: with talent. They can all run and jump. I just so kind of did, but I would put him in an NBA game.
0: <laughs> all right. That, that, uh, new, some new blood some there. New it's blood. new blood. You got Colin Hanks, who I I, I personally love. Yeah, Stone too. Street is a good one. I like that one. It, it doesn't too. finish, it's not the best line from Barkley that we could have. All right. We got two more. Let's go to it. I, I can't believe only one Seinfeld has been used. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Okay, so this one is from, uh, his name is Hertz, and I'm assuming it comes from an internationalist. Let's hope but... his first name isn't Dick.
0: Come on, the three-year-old and me just had to say that. Pleased to have on the Rich Eisen Super Bowl special from New York City, Jerry Seinfeld. Right.
5: One time I saw my daughter watching an episode. I said, are you watching this because you like this show? It's because your dad is talking. About it. Right. And she said, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Colin Hanks, good to see you, sir. Jim Harbaugh's stepdad. He's talking to you, Hey, man, what's up? What you doing? No, nothing much. i just thinking about you Your what? <laughs> ah, pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast the uh, Emmy Award winning actor,
1: Eric
7: Stone Street. <laughs> he pulled this tragic sign
1: and they moved him across the street. And I read the comments under and it said, well, at least by kicking him over to the other side of the street, he gained 10 yards. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Hello
1: everyone. all right
0: that was short short, short. You know,
6: a little context on the stone shoot one would helped, but yeah, it was it's
0: still true good. short but sweet good okay. job hurts
6: so that was number 10 this is uh number Last eleven. One. this is pat from uh pat from syracuse but there was one that i
0: got i thought was excellent we're not including it here you well,
6: remember it may- that maybe it hasn't maybe it,
0: it just hasn't didn't yet. go to the gmail address i got tweeted it
6: uh well maybe you can send it to me or
0: yeah it was tweeted to me. It sounded great. All yeah. right, let's go. This
6: is, uh, this is Pat from Syracuse.
2: It's Pat McAfee on the Rich Eisen podcast. This is such an incredible honor. I'm marking this down on the calendar as day of my
0: life. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your birthday like it was Trenton Holiday's birthday? That's what we'll say. This will be a little holiday in my life, being on the Rich Eyes and Podcast. Oh, you're just you're just full of it, Pat. Dennis Miller returning to the program. What does Thanksgiving look like in the, in the Dennis Miller
1: household? Well we have uh, turducken tea, which is a turkey inside, a
3: duck inside, a chicken inside New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. <laughs> that is
0: <laughs> lovely and talented, Miss Aisha Tyler. And
3: Ooh.
7: the white
0: guy <laughs> Emmy Award winning actor from the Emmy Award winning comedy modern fam eric stone street returns to the program you know
7: what i love
1: about
7: having Andy reed uh, as, as as the head coach of kids is that i have an all-time permanent
6: halloween
0: costume for <laughs> hello everyone and- all right okay like we, did get one, like we got
6: did one, like one one, one, one no, more late one in
0: hold on a minute hold on a minute i'm gonna say this right now i'm we're gonna keep this contest open another week okay people have heard what what, what we're looking for what here they're up
6: against I don't, I, like let me, let me I don't
0: think we
6: gave enough direction. Let me let me. I don't think we
0: gave enough. Here's what I'm. I'm going to give a little bit of direction. Well, you
6: clearly didn't re- listen to Brockman and I's podcast
0: because we gave direction. No, you right? gave direction, but now you're hearing it straight from from the top. If from I may, top, if yeah. I may use that phrase, <laughs> okay. In the final three minutes of this show, I like Dern. I like Olafant. Joel McHale's stuff is good. I got to have. Some, I I have just. I have to have Seinfeld in this open. I have to. Just of what it what it meant for him to sit down on this show Super Bowl week.
2: He had a great What hit. A, I,
0: my a lot DNA of good who I am, where I'm from, my DNA and the amount of time it took to book that.
2: <laughs> 3 years?
0: Well, play? I mean it, it it was it it it, it required and, and it's not like he was difficult. It just required.
2: Yeah, it was great. Uh, It it was time-consuming. A lot of good one-liners. I like Colin Hanks, too.
0: But we can't have anything over a minute, right?
6: That one is me now.
0: You have a meeting? Well, no, I was going to play. What meeting
6: is it? Unbelievable.
0: Tell me the meeting. Tell me the meeting. Tell me the meeting. I want the meeting. I want the meeting, and I want the location, <laughs> and I want the time duration of the meeting. I want all of that information right now. I don't care if we don't close the show properly because we don't have enough time left. I want all of it.
6: It's actually a reminder. Uh, it's, a reminder the, it's a reminder, even freaking better. It's a for reminder. reminder. For a it's not like
0: you're late for anything. It's it's for a the reminder. podcast,
6: close to to make sure we worked in the guest things because we thought we were going a little late. Oh, is that what that was? That's what that. Oh, was. So okay. you don't have a meeting. No, no meeting.
0: So this was actually podcast related. Podcast related. Okay. All right. So uh, let's 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 keep it open because I also. Got I I didn't know. I thought for some reason that whoever was tweeting me these links would send it to the. So it's got to show up at the Gmail. It's got address. to show up at the Gmail account okay. for us to play. So it all of you folks out it. there who tweeted me. Opens. I got some really good ones sent like by some like Dream Cloud or whatever the heck it is. Sound, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah.
6: All right. Send it to what's the address? Uh, the Eisen at gmail.com.
0: Okay. We're gonna keep this competition open, but we I have marked down my sheet here of what uh, I, I liked some of them.
2: Yeah, me too. I did. I also. liked
0: some. Of them. There wasn't one that I just like said that's. But there's. I, I, that's not true. I mean, there's so, there's some in here no, that's there really usable 100 percent that I have no problem opening the show with. But let's let's keep it open another week.
6: Well, end the show with, with with my open, which is all right. What do you mean? I did an open too.
0: Oh, yeah. It took this for you to actually get done. What well, we asked I'm not you going to lie. Do? When
6: I heard a couple of these, they demotivated me. I'm like, ah, these are good enough. I don't need to do one. But then I was like, ah, I should do one. But I didn't want to do the same thing everyone did. You De- demotivated. Okay.
0: Me. Go ahead. Um, last, last one here so okay. we can get out of here. This is yours. Yeah. Chris Laws.
6: At Chris the Law. uh,
0: quartet uh, from Anchorman 2. Will Farrell, Steve Carell, Dave Kepner, Paul Rudd.
3: Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers number one.
0: Rain Wilson here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Woo! Is that is that the twelfth man? The Have you un- been in that stadium? Uncanny. Your ears literally bleed. They should hand out like ear tampons. Uh, at lt underscore twenty one. Do you follow me on Twitter? uh Oh.
6: <laughs> <laughs> the headsets are coming off. Let's check it. No, oh, no, you don't. You don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know you're. I know you're known for your lateral movement, but don't you leave just yet. <laughs> when you
7: spoke to the commissioner, Roger th- Roger the good's Good Goodell. <laughs> When he comes down the hallway, everyone goes here. Comes the here goods. comes the goods. Here comes
0: the goods. <laughs> he is Vince Vaughn. How are you, Vince? I got to tell you,
1: I did take David Wilson early in my fantasy draft. Uh-huh. And Who it, else but, is uh, on your
0: fantasy team?
2: I'm
7: in an 18 man a league. We call it a man's league, Rich. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: if you sold little Seahawks colored ear tampons yes. at the gates, you'd make a fortune. Awesome.
5: NFL, yeah. NFL, completely. Come clear. yourself. Hey. Where's Jerry Jones? Uh, Wrap protect up. Steve. Grab the hot grab trophy. The trophy. Oh, my Lord. Protect Steve. Grab the trophy. Grab the trophy. trophy.
7: <laughs> Jerry Jones did it. Houston Spoilers Oilers number one. <laughs> Hello,
0: everyone. All right, that's over a minute. There's
2: that was a, that was a minute ten. Oh, guess what, You're Rich? You're following your rules. You know what, Rich? I'm throwing my hat in the ring. You're I'm gonna doing it? I'm gonna have an open next week.
0: So here's what we're here's what I want. I want more opens, laws. I I, I got to tell you, your tampon. Two mentions of it at the top of a program.
6: Uh, yeah, you know, look, I was up against it. He's
2: up, feeling the
0: pressure. right? He, he is
2: feeling he's the cracking. pressure.
6: He is sweating. I'm going to make another uh,
0: one. Thank you, though. And and what's the? He sent out the email address again. Uh,
6: the Eisen Podcast at gmail.com. Same okay. as the Twitter account, but just at Gmail.
0: Very good. I'm pleased about that. So much fun. Thanks again to um, to uh the good folks of uh, the New England Patriots for getting Bob Kraft. Thanks to Adam Carolla, Maurice Jones-Drew. Also, thanks to Ivan Reitman, uh, Chip Namius being the man to, yeah. to go ahead and doing that and all that. Chip Namias. Um, w- one more thing: um, we got a golf tournament coming up Monday at uh, here in in the Los Angeles area to help raise funds for the local Red Cross. You guys are going to play in this with me, correct? Correct. Yes. You guys, we're in it. A- and here's what I'd like for 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 uh, folks to do: if you want to take part in this and you want to have fun, or um, hosting the inaugural American Red Cross Celebrity Classic this Monday at the Good Folks of uh, Lakeside Country Club in Burbank. It supports the Red Cross U.S. disaster relief, response to approximately uh, 70,000 disasters in the U.S. every year, the Red Cross does, ranging from home fires that affect single-family um, to, uh, to hurricanes that affect tens of thousands. Uh, for more information, uh, go to donate to the RedCross.org. Okay?
6: Yep, we'll tweet out some stuff about it, too, where people can donate also.
0: Doing all that good stuff. Thanks, Rich. At Chris Law, at Chris Brockman. I'm at Rich Eisen for At The Eisen Podcast. Peace out. I want new opens, and I want Seinfeld in it, people. Stay listening, dear friends.